Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Get nasty on a Monday. It's a fast lane on 101 at ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh and Anthony Stalter. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Congratulations to Brandon Kylie and his wife Kara on the birth of their son Luca. Nice yes, job there, guys. Done, Congratulations. Guys. I believe little Luca was born on the ninth, I think. No, the sixth. The sixth. The sixth. Yeah. The other nine. The other nine. Mm-hmm. Upside down. That's nine. right. You put them together. Yeah. You get 96, Jamie. You sure do. Jamie, how was your weekend? We good. Um, you know, somewhat relaxing. Certainly took advantage of the beautiful weather. Thought uh, that was great. The nighttime cooled down just a little bit. Get outside, you know, a little fire pit, a little TV outside. Maybe, uh, I don't know, go do some things. Had a great weekend. Well, good. How about you? It was excellent. Love Swam it. in a pool again with the kids yesterday. Didn't smash my face in the side of a wall. Do you wear a mouth guard now swimming? I've thought about it. Like There's I'm always... talking like the boxer's mouth guard like the t- with top shelf bottom mm-hmm. shelf. There's always a moment when I when I'm playing with the kids and I'm underwater mm. where I have a little PTSD. And I Anthony, think maybe I should be wearing a helmet. What's the first thing that collides with the wall for you? Well, you'd think it's the nose, Jamie. I think that's what you're going after. No, I'm just trying to think of some kind of a nose protector for you. Just, you know, mm. you're like a dolphin. Mm-hmm. You pick up some speed cutting through the water like well, that. Sure. Like a sailfish. How about you? <laughs> well, mine, it's like a, mine's like a rudder that's kind of broken. Mm-hmm. So the faster I go, the harder I turn to the yeah. wrong side by accident. Like, I have a hard time keeping the ship straight. Makes sense. Yeah. All right, your Cardinals won... Uh, Won a couple games over the weekend. That was nice. It was. They they wound up winning a game yesterday in which Steven Matz pitched, and he pitched very well. Unfortunately, Jordan Montgomery also got hurt over the weekend, so that stinks from a trade proposal standpoint. But yeah. nonetheless, you've won two of three as you head into the All-Star break. So let's break this down a little bit here. Did Steven Matz... Did he change your mind at all? No. no I'm waiting on what? I'm sorry. I, I answered too quickly. What do you mean? He had nine strikeouts, Anthony. Like whether or not he could be a, a force in this rotation? No, I didn't say a force. I did, I did not use Whether or not he could be average. Word. How about can he can he be in your rotation? Sure. You weren't even you weren't more excited than sure. that? No. That's a little disappointing. Why? Well, because the guy gets relegated to the bullpen and he does a good job of working away, and then he comes back, and then he has his first start is an outing like that. Yeah, it's good. I think you got to tip your hat to a veteran guy who comes back and does that stuff. I just don't know why you don't respect Stephen Matson his ability at all. I don't know why you got to throw him a party. I didn't throw him a party when Anthony. he comes I back said, and he then he pitches welcome well. Welcome back to the rotation. How about that? That's He's not a freaking he, party. Saying he, did, he what he did his job, Jamie. Forty-four million dollars. Exactly. Says you should be happy that he's able to be back in your rotation. Forty-four million dollars doesn't go as far as it used to, I guess. Okay. 
They did beat the White Sox. They had the same amount of wins as the Cardinals. Yeah, it's a juggernaut team. So Boy, no, I wish no we had party. That Luis no Robert. Party. That'd be nice. Why? What did he do? <laughs> He's only an all-star. <laughs> what has been the most frustrating aspect for you? You. <laughs> it's fair. I was asking. <laughs> I was asking more from the from the Cardinals standpoint, oh. but I listen. I'll write it down. <laughs> Sorry, me. I misunderstood. Like I got it. Yeah, you go. We're all set. All right. Follow that away. <laughs> okay. So as far as the Cardinals are concerned, um, for me. me, it's just been the inconsistent play, and not just in one area. Like it's all over the place. All of it. The offense, when it's clicking, boy, does it click. And when it doesn't, it just doesn't. Uh, the defense, three errors again. Yesterday's, what are we doing here? Like, that has been one of the biggest surprises for me. And then, of course, the pitching. So those three things, which are pretty much all of baseball, mm-hmm. offense, defense, and, you know, pitching, so baseball. Yeah. The Cardinals baseball. The three things that you're supposed to do well in baseball, mm-hmm. Cardinals didn't really do well. So that's no. kind of where you're where you're at from a frustration that's level. That's where I'm at. That makes sense. <laughs> Marsh, how about you? I think it I mean it's gotta be the pitching, obviously, I think. And yeah, you could say the starting rotation, that's a given, but I think the bullpen has really irritated me. Like really irritated me. On Friday, they have a 5 nothing lead. Jordan Montgomery gives up the home run to Jake Berger, St. Mm-hmm. Louis guy. Uh, so it's 5-1, and then he comes out of the game. And, I mean, I went home, and I fell asleep on the couch watching this game. I took a nap. I woke up from this nap. It wasn't, wasn't an hour long. I, woke, I wake up. Team's losing. You're all tuckered out, were you? I was tired. It was a long week. It was a long three-day week. (laughs) (laughs) So I take the nap. I wake up. The team's already down. They're down. They're losing. I go, how does this happen? You know how. It's the bullpen. Of course. Well, usually they're down the first inning, so. Mm -hmm. It was a a nice change-up, that's Mm -hmm. for sure. If they're going to lose, you know. At least least, least I get to watch... (laughs) Some of the game, the beginning of the game, without getting yeah. irritated. I hate going uh, into the middle of the first inning and the game's over already. <laughs> like, I've just sat down, poured myself a drink. I'm like, I ought to watch the Redbirds tonight. Come on, guys. Tonight's the night. First inning's over. I'm like, well, I'm done with that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, honey. What else is on? What's on Netflix that we can watch? Right. What, what series what can we show? start? What yep. show are we going to start? I don't even know if, if the most frustrating aspect of this season has even happened yet for me. Oh no. Oh, it's the trade deadline. It's the trade it? deadline. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know why. I, I feel I feel like they they are going to botch this trade 100%, deadline. 100%. I have the same feeling. I think they're going to get on a semi-roll and and what I mean by roll is like they're going to win like four games in a row. They've won two here. Mm-hmm. They're going to win four in a row. Mm. And the front office is going to look, you know, maybe we should add but by ad, it's some crafty veteran. Lance Lynn. Like a Lance Lynn. I'll take him. Or a Rich Hill. Yeah. Ah. Or even an, I don't know, like a Zach Granke or something. Something that is is really not going to 
make the difference between where you are now and where this team should be based on its offensive talent. But they're going to do it anyways. I think that this team is really going to piss me off in the next couple of weeks. I hope so. So, will will that piss you off, or will it piss you off more if they're not able to really do anything at the deadline, or they don't do anything, and then John Moselock gets on the the presser and says, "Well, we really tried. Uh, we had some deals in the making, and they just sort of fell through." And but wow. uh, you know. We did what we tried to do. We mm-hmm. were able to move a contract or two, but you know, ultimately the deals just weren't there for us. Yeah, tied for first. My rage will be at an all-time mm-hmm. high in on either of those situations. <laughs> Either they don't do anything at the deadline mm-hmm. because they, they, there's no direction, there's no urgency, there's no goal. It's just, well, we'll see what happens. Or that sounded more like a sleepy mo. They asked like Eeyore. Right. It was the Eeyore mo. Yeah, it's because Anthony's really sad. Oh boy, that's shocker. I'm not sad. Ah, You're not sad that this team stinks? No, I'm ticked off. Well, there you go. Hey, I'm ticked off. Fire in your belly, Anthony. Had a boy. Who thought this pitching staff was going to be good? Uh, John Mozeliak actually said mm-hmm. that they had six potential starters really? in their rotation. Yeah, I remember well, those. Guess words. what? You're wrong. So if they do nothing at the deadline, if they sit on their like hands, relatively or they, nothing. Yeah, relatively nothing. Yeah. Or or they trade Montgomery and they trade Flaherty, but they trade him for like outfield prospects. Mm. Utility players would be even better. A, util- a solid utility. <laughs> you know this guy could play anywhere. Mm. He's an infielder. We need more of those guys. That can play in the outfield. Yeah. So that's kind of what we're looking for. <laughs> we want a field's. Nine guys, including the pitcher, that can also play in the outfield. We're just going to have a whole roster full. Yeah. I don't know what would make me more irate in that scenario. You cannot blow this deadline. Let's go back to Lance Lynn for a second here. And I'm not fixated on Lance Lynn in particular. I am. I did retweet something over the weekend where Jimmy the Cat on Bally Sports Midwest sat down in the dugout with Joe Kelly and Lance Lynn. By the end of that interview, I was like, this is exactly what the Cardinals need in their clubhouse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They need a couple of jackasses like this. Mm-hmm. To where Joe Kelly might be out there wearing his matador suit one day. Lance Lynn might just tell someone to piss off just because that's the way he feels that day. Right. I honestly feel like I'd almost want to add them. I don't even care what their ERA is. I don't care what their whiff rate is. I don't I don't care. I just want them around the team. For the rest of this season, mm-hmm. I feel like they could alleviate some of the burden on some of these guys. And Lance Lynn's got that sandpaper in him to where he'll tell anybody what he thinks on any given day. And so will Joe Kelly. And Joe Kelly be a guy that gets up there on the bump and not happy with the way things are going. Our oh, bullpen sucks, eh? And he'll dot someone between the numbers and be like, oh, sorry. Just had to do it, though, because mm-hmm. you're standing there. So go on to first base or I'll punch you in the face. One of the two. Either way. I'd, I'd love to see these guys added. For that reason, mm-hmm. not because I think they're going to come in and turn it around, right? I think I think those could be some off-season moves. Could be. That make that makes sense. All right, it's the uh, fast. <laughs> that <lane>. was so <laughs> snarky. A one-on-one ESPN. Yeah, definitely happening. What are you going to add at the deadline? Come on. <laughs> well, you know, if we just sure up the bullpen and hmm. get maybe one more starter, a couple you know, of we could players. change some things around, right? Maybe, maybe another catcher. Really, eleven and a half games out. 
It's you good, know, if, it's a uh, bad division. Ellie Dela Cruz can't steal second, third, and home every game. That so. guy is a cheat code. Holy crap. Well, I mean, they're winning the division. Holy. How dumb are the Brewers, though? Just Crap. out of curiosity, because he steals second, and then they play the farthest shift that you're legally allowed yeah, to play. They didn't even hold him. He won't do it again. Uh, Ellie De La Cruz looks over and goes, there's no third baseman. Okay. All right, I'm going to go to third. And then everybody's so pissed off that he got to third that they don't even watch him steal home. Yeah. It was super talented. And a very high baseball IQ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That whole sequence. I'm so glad he's in the division. Between, yeah. uh, you know what? Well, I he, he, he plays for just the Reds. And O'Neill Cruz, who's hurt, but is also <laughs> like real like player. a defensive end. It's going to be fun. I'm happy they're in the division. Mm. Maybe then people will stop saying, oh, that's a crap division. Yeah. That's give, true. Give some respect to the Central. Yeah. And shout out to the that's Pirates. That's what we need, Jamie. <laughs> we need these teams to get better. Shout out to the Pirates who uh, just drafted Paul Skeens from LSU. Yeah. Okay, one of the uh, best pitchers, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Oh, to, uh, We picked up an outfielder though. Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he's got a great swing. So he does hit moonshots. Looking forward to watching him in a couple of years. You uh, know? We'll see mm-hmm. how what his launch angle is when he gets to the big leagues. Mm-hmm. At that point, they'll. Uh... <laughs> Well, does he fit in the launch angle offense? I, you know what? I don't know. <laughs> Congratulations to the Tampa Bay Rays. They're going to trade him. Ah. Hey, that's not fair, Marsh. He could be a Marlin. You never know. That's true. How does Jordan Montgomery's injury affect the Cardinals' plans at the deadline? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Jamie, what you want is something that Bowtie would never put up with. That's why he gets rid of those kind of people. Anybody that shows any kind of enthusiasm or has a little sandpaper to him, he doesn't like that. He likes marshmallows. I mean, she's not. I mean, I mean, s'mores at this time of year are pretty good. What's wrong with marshmallows? Right. I'd go for a s'more right now. Mm. Get around the campfire. First of all, Janet, thank you for the mic drop. Uh, appreciate that. How do you guys like your marshmallows, by the way? Like, everybody has, like, if you're around the campfire, yeah. are you a, uh, like, put it in the fire, it catches fire, you let it go like a psychopath, and you no. blow it out, and you've got the, you know, the burnt outside and the melted inside? No. Are you the, uh, like, slow roaster guy? Yeah. Where you sit there and you're, like, spinning it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got to slow roast that puppy. So that... So that your marshmallow just gets that it's nice easy. little brown oh, layer yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because yeah. if you look, it, I feel like you're. It's a bit of a shortcut if you decide to just burn that puppy, and then you you put it on the the, the uh, graham cracker. What are you looking at? I was watching what you're putting on there. I'm listen. You know I talk with my hands, Jamie. Smacking. I'm Italian. The mallo on the graham. You like, put the mallo. If you start smacking it down like you stuff like it that. Marshmallow might fly off, Anthony. You'd be very careful. Okay, well, when you put it down there, uh-huh. right, and then and then you try to right off. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got How a mess. Go again? You got a mess on your. Okay. You know. How do you uh, when you're pulling your marshmallow, Anthony? How do you pull it? 
is it quickly with the thing, or you do gotta, you take you gotta, the two biscuits? You gotta take the two, and you you push you push them together, and then and you then you slide and then it out. out. All right, it's it's science, really. Is there another way to do it? I, I've I'm seen sure. people try to just have the the, the Graham cracker, right. and then the mm-hmm. chocolate, and then just kind of like try and scoop it and on the there. Graham cracker. I don't breaks. know why you do that. Mm. I don't like that at yeah. all. I'm definitely more of the squeeze them together and pull it out. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Jamie gets it. So does Janet. She's right. They got rid of Lance Lynn, got rid of not ah, Joe Kelly. That that deal still worked out. The Joe Kelly deal. But I had brought up Tommy Pham. Got stabbed multiple times. Yeah, he did. He out. Randy Rosarino. Sure. One video. <laughs> that was a big One video. video. And then he's gone. Quite Harrison honestly, Bader, a little swagger. He's hitting cleanup now for the Yankees. Yeah. Granted, they just fired their hitting coach. But the point is, anybody with a little swagger, little sandpaper, you're not playing for these Cardinals. What I what I fail to understand is everybody looked at Schilty like as the accountant, like the nerd. Right. Just because he was very quiet, needed the glasses. He did he didn't look like you're prototypical like old school manager no he looked like your accountant yeah. yeah so the way i felt about that video was i was like i oh. think people are gonna like shilty now right like even more this guy's dropping f-bombs and you know take this and and like i was like that's my guy we don't we, care we, 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 we don't care who we play that's my guy craig baruby doing his game seven yeah. pre-game speech yeah. we're like hell yeah well, why do we compliment because we expect Barry that Benner, from, like let's go right, but right. we expect that from chief then when you see shilty do it you're like whoa hmm. i feel oh, different <laughs> but i loved it i thought everybody could, did i'm like hey randy rosarena you can do that every now and then when Schulte's on a bender here. He's right. having a good one. Yeah, maybe, maybe don't put it on Instagram. Just right. Whatever. Mm. Or was it was it the was it the old Instacart or was it the live? It was. He, I think it was live, live Facebook on Instagram or something or the or live it, Instacart. They call it the Insta Live. The I Insta believe live. is what they do. Yeah, that's what they did. Right, mm-hmm. Marshy, the kids these days. Insta Live. Yeah. Now, I don't know if they call it that, but well, they should. Mm. Either way, Instagram Live. See, yeah. That's yeah. way too long. Mine's way better. I don't make the rules. Anthony, what do you think? You're the tiebreaker. I'm with Jamie. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. So Jordan Montgomery, Montgomery, hey, said that a little too fast. Jordan Montgomery was having a strong outing on Friday until he uh, grabbed his right leg, of course. He ended the game with a line of four and a third, allowed three hits, one, one earn run, one walk, five Ks. This guy's got to stay healthy, Jamie. Pivotal. That he stays healthy. Yeah, I mean he's he's going to be instrumental in the Cardinals coming back and winning the division. And if you don't have yeah, mm. Jordan Montgomery, <laughs> what? Did Not I, the way I was going, Jamie. Did I, I did I do it wrong? Uh you know, for me, I like my Jordan Montgomery in a um, Yankees uniform or a Dodgers uniform just or got a him from the Yankees Astros uniform mm. or a really any uh, contender, legit contender. Why do you not want him here? Because he would be more valuable pitching for a contender in exchange for pitching that uh, we're going to need in a year. Oh, so you've given up. 100%, yes. (laughs) That's correct. (laughs) So have I. 100%, Jamie. Yeah. I don't know why this is a new revelation either. I gave up a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, you sure did. Well, you got to realize that, um, how do I put this? 
This team stinks. You got to realize that you're not going anywhere. Eight and a half felt like it was insurmountable. Yeah, eleven a and a half at the All Star. Eleven break. and a half is way more than I'm wanting. That's for sure. We had the conversation a couple of weeks ago, Jamie, about yeah. what'd you say, like three and a half, four and a half? Yeah, if they're three and a half out or four and a half out. It was a four game threshold. Right, if they're with four games or less to the top of the division. Yeah, I would consider this Adam. team to go add and and make the playoffs. The fan base deserves the push. Um, if they're not, which it doesn't look like they will be, then you clean house and you go do some things that maybe you don't usually do in order to right this ship literally for next season. Because I don't think they're that far off. Now, let me, hang on. Let me beep, beep, <laughs> beep. Let me back that up for a second. Mm-hmm. Positional players considered you're not that far off. Pitching staff, however... You have work to do. I don't know if you can do that in one off season. You can try, but I feel like this off season is going to be like trying to get one big name ish, and then a couple more fillers yeah. on one year deals. So like some veteran guys, the Rich Hills, like that on a one year deal. Lance Lynn on a one year deal. I'm not. I'm just throwing names out there. And then the next offseason, you add another good pitcher. Like You've got to rebuild this thing. And in the meantime, you hope that one of your young guys starts knocking at the door to become a, a major league starter. That's the way I think that's going to have to happen. Um, but, yeah, you're not that far off in one aspect, but in the other, you're way off. Yeah, the offense, you're inside the red zone. You feel good about it. With the pitching staff, what's fair, Jamie? I was thinking they were backed up to their own end zone. That's kind of where I have those guys. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Offense inside the red zone. You're not you're knocking on the door scoring. The pitching staff, uh, Marsh backed up to the to their own end zone. You're looking to mm. you're looking to run it out of run it out of there. Get a little space. You might do the old Dan Orlovsky if you're not careful. Exactly. Run out of your own end I zone. I think that's what this season is. <laughs> <laughs> they were backed up going into the year. Mm. And then they just ran out the back of the end zone. Dan Orlovsky style. That's what we're watching right now. What are the odds that they don't trade Jordan Montgomery? High. high very well, high. Well, let, let me just throw <laughs> this out there. I, I'm starting to get real pessimistic well, about, real about this front office. What about the idea of them, like Jamie said, not getting the return that they would <clears> want because he could be injured for a decent amount of time that would affect, you know, Mm-hmm. The return and whatnot, and they just elect to go with the compensation pick if they don't end up re-signing him in the off season. I think in that case, Marsh, you say you get that you get that leg healthy, or you fake it. If we can't trade you, we're cutting the leg off, and just be very clear about it. Mm. Very clear. about I, I it. I don't see the Cardinals with that kind of chutzpah to say that. Jamie, I think that in and and I think you agree here. In any walk of life, communication mm. is paramount. And setting proper expectations. Yeah. I don't know if uh, physical threats are probably the right way to go. I'm going to cut your leg off. Like, hmm. Hmm. Only if I can't trade you. Monty's a pretty big guy. I don't see how John Mosellock could even scare him. Other ways. I mean, depends how many other people he has in the room. Sure. It can be done. I mean, all I'm saying is Monty. Jordan, Jordan Montgomery's got to get healthy. We got another good one from the 314. The pitching staff is playing with their goalie pulled in their own zone. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. It's not a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie's been on the ice for that. I, I, I had a it's coach. It's not fun. Uh, no, it, wasn't, it actually happened against me. I had a coach in the minors one time. Um, oh, God. Francis was his last name. Anyways, he pulled the goalie. We They iced the puck. They had a face-off in their end, and he pulled the goalie. It's towards the end of the game, like they were down by a goal. But like, what are you doing? Our centerman won the draw, just shot it in the net. <laughs> just shot it in the net. <laughs> the, the guys on his team were like, "What the freaking blank are we like?" The goalie? Like, did you have that much confidence in why your did, centerman? Why did you need? Why did you need the extra man there? But they were down by a goal. And he, I guess he thought, "Well, the more time I have without the goalie, the mm. great." No, no. Well. Now to his. Defense, um, the centerman probably should have just tried to tie the face off and then have the extra player who you have on the ice go in and get the puck. Mm-hmm. But they didn't do it that way. I think most of the players were just stunned that they didn't have a goalie in the net. Right. And they were down by a goal in their own end. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, it was great. That's like I playing got a plus a, on that one. I was like, I'll there take you that go. plus. Nice, that was yeah. an easy one. It's like playing a, a video game and you pull the goalie, but you're not actually trying to. So you're like pausing it. You're like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful. When you're not, when you're. Not really trying to pull the goalie, and the goalie—you gotta be careful about that. Mm-hmm. I think you guys are talking about two different things right now. Maybe is, is the bullpen this bad, or are they a product of the starting rotation? It's kind of an interesting question there—the <laughs> old chicken or the egg, huh, Jamie? <laughs> yeah. Huh? That's next on 101 ESPN. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging beds. Baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber Showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Lighting a marshmallow on fire is a hazard. I did that and waved it around in the air and it flew off the stick and went into my eye. Almost lost my vision. I don't know how to respond to that. By the way, it's a fast lane here on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stelter, Andrew Marsh, and uh, Mike Drop from David. David, I- Safety first. Yeah, I hope you're okay. Yeah, we're it, talking. It's it has happened. I've seen that before. Where it, and you're, the kids go like start doing this, you yeah, know, to try and to the marshmallow flings everywhere. But to David's point, um, it's always difficult 
when you get it in the eye, and then your eye is like mm-hmm. sticky and mm-hmm. shut, and you can't get it open. Yeah, you try not to have that happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Good luck, David. Then it changes colors because it, you know, it might be burnt. Oh yeah, and then bit. everybody sure. after that's asking you like, "What's wrong with your eye?" Yeah, right. for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a whole thing. It is for mm-hmm. sure. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Soldier. By the way, we were when we were talking about Mo a little bit earlier. We got a YouTube comment. Uh, was it YouTube or was it the text line, Jamie? Well, I don't know which comment you're talking about. Well, the one about how uh, we're not holding Mo accountable. Mm-hmm. Or oh, that was crap. a text. Um, which, Makes more sense. I think that whoever the listener was uh, has not listened to the show in about two months, um, <clears throat> because it, I, I can't find it right now. But paraphrasing. Just said that, um, you know, if, if the front office comes back for, oh, here it is. If Mo has his presser and gives the same answers following the trade deadline, isn't your job as the media to call him out on that? None of you guys ever challenged them. Again, I don't know, 618, if you've listened to the show for the last two months, but uh, ever since the handling of the Contreras thing, which we were, I mean, I feel like we were brutally honest about how that was handled. And then I, I know that myself and you, Anthony, both said that, you know, at, at one point Mo should have had a press conference to address the situation. And like, we said he had a deadline. We, we gave him 24 him, hours. We gave him 24 hours. Um, so, and what happened? Nothing. Okay. Which shows you how much power that mm. we have. I think, I think that what winds up happening here for people is that when fans are upset, they obviously want the media to be upset too, because somebody somebody's got to feel this as well. And when the media starts asking questions to Mo in this case, they do it in a way to get a response. I think what some fans want us in the media to do is when Mo is talking. So why don't we just do kind of a mock a mock session? Marsh, do you want to be do you want to be Mo? Sure. Do I get back tattoos or is oh, this? No, no, no. no this, this is, is this standard. We've mode. had an update oh, from wow. the six one eight. Okay. Uh, he says that he meant in person, like at a live presser, like to hold Mo accountable. Mm. Yeah. So okay. a couple things regarding that um, is one. I don't know when the next time I'll actually see John Mosellock is face to face, and there's still a certain amount of professionalism that has to happen here. Yeah. Like, I can't just walk up to John Mosellock or even at the press or at the live press and be like, here's what I think. Here's what I think of you, Bo. Well, can, like, we, can, we do, can we do a mock? Yeah. Okay, so oh, this is wanna, a mock. You want to do some role playing? This is a mock press conference. Jamie, mm-hmm. you and I in the media. Yeah, Anthony we want to do some re- Yeah, who doesn't? No, I agree. So you're just going to. role into... play. So who are you going to be in this one? You and I are the media. Mm-hmm. Our guy, Marsh. Who? We have to be people. I can't well, you have to be yourself. Role. You're yourself. You're yourself. That's not really role playing, man. I don't, I don't get to put on like, no, you know no, you, no, no, you, I don't get to put on the clothes and no, really get into Jamie, character. Jamie, you and I show up at the press conference mm-hmm. following a trade de- a trade deadline that fans don't like. Mm-hmm. So what we're doing now, Jamie, is this is what some I think this is what fans think we need to do. Okay, so Marsh, go ahead as John Mosellock. Oh, he's Mo. Okay, yeah, he's Mo. All right, we're now opening uh, questions up for the media. Or yeah, yeah, uh, Mo uh, Anthony Stalter, one on one ESPN's Fastlane. Uh, how could you have screwed up this deadline so badly, you piece of crap? Well, you know we uh, 
That was good. You know, we really want to give the opportunities to our players, and uh, you know, we think we have a strong like Randy. Group. Sorry, like Randy Rosarina. Well, you know, Randy Rosarina. Uh, you know, he violated one of our conducts, which includes you know having f- cell phones in the locker room in the clubhouse uh, during team hours. And uh, Mo Anthony Salter, one hundred and one ESPN, the fast lane. Yes. Why are you? Can you tell us why you're so bad at your job? <laughs> Well, I Anthony, like you know, I don't, I don't think, uh, you know, bad is uh, a word that, um, you know, people uh, like yourself like to throw around. And, you know, we like to think of it as, uh, you know, a positive or a negative thing. And so far this season, you know, things haven't gone the way that, uh, you know, we uh, expected him to. But we have a second half. There's a lot of baseball left in the season. Um, and, uh, you know, I think this team is is a really good team and we're going to turn things around we just need to bolster our bullpen and uh you know maybe get a a veteran starter and i think we can make a push as we are you know over 10 games under 500 but uh you know this division if you know if you just get in anthony um of course you can you can win uh jamie rivers over here at 101 espn unfortunately his sidekick um mo sidekick or psychic both sidekick and psychic depending on the situation Certainly. Uh, Mo, uh, just wondering, uh, you talk about that you have a good ball team here. Um, what universe are you living in looking at that rotation and thinking you had six starters when you only have like two? I mean, just how bad of a misjudgment was that actually? I mean, I, I, do you sometimes look at yourself in the mirror with disgust? Uh, no, I, I actually don't. Um, you know, I'm quite fond of myself. Actually, when I do look in the mirror, I believe we had six starters. And, you know, I never once said that any of those were six good starters, but uh, six starters. And so far, uh, you know, uh, we have pitched more than six starters. We have more than six starters. You sure uh, have, Mo. Yeah. Mo. None of them uh, are good. At what point point (laughs) do you take out of your own bank account to repay the fan base that you have uh, lied to, Mm -hmm. have mistreated, and uh, who they feel entitled to a lot more than than what you have done. At what point mm-hmm. do you go to the ATM and just start taking out hundreds of dollars to give back to this fan base, the greatest fan base known mm-hmm. to man, uh, who have sat through your absolute crap for years? Now, you've done a lot of winning, yeah. okay, but yeah. not this year. So when do you start repaying the fan base? Uh, well, Anthony, I appreciate your double barrel question. Um, <laughs> it's triple. I mean, <laughs> triple barrel. It's more like a machine gun. Uh, I want to... Thank all of our fans for, uh, you know, supporting the club. And, you know, we have three million strong every year. And, you know, even though we're not having the best of seasons, we just really appreciate our fan base for really stepping up and uh, continuing to believe in us. Mo, why do you uh, internally in the front office, why do you guys just not like to win? Uh, yeah, I don't think it's a thing. Why do you, you know, not care about you know, the fans, the, uh, and why do you not care about winning for the fans? This team absolutely cares about winning. I think this group is going out there and you know putting all on the line on the uh, baseball diamond, and you know sometimes the breaks they just don't go your way, and uh, there's a lot of soft contact out there, and we're going to continue to talk about that soft contact because uh, clearly that's the reason why we're losing. Uh, Mo, one last question here again, Jamie Rivers. No. Over here, Mo. Mo, I know you know I'm in the room, Mo. Please make eye contact. Um, do you feel guilty at all saying the payroll was going to increase when it really didn't, but your pay actually increased with a contract extension? Mm. Uh, that'll be uh, all for today, mm. ladies and gentlemen. Mm. Thank you. I want to appreciate you. Yeah.
so, joining us. So there you go. So I know I know you want it to go that way. <laughs> but if you noticed, and Mar- Marsh was fantastic, nice. <laughs> you really didn't get anything more than you would have gotten. But Jamie and I, Jamie and I being jerks doesn't equate to holding Mo accountable. The only way that you're going to get any sort of answers out of John Mosaylock that you that would satisfy you is to basically uh, threaten his life. Whoa. Right? No, we don't do that, Anthony. Come on, take that back. How else are you? How else are you going to get like to really appease the fan base? I don't either think, get either get him ham. I don't think our fans want violence. Either get him ham sauced or threaten him. <clears throat> I don't think our fan base wants him harmed. I mean, not all of them. Otherwise, you're not you're not going to get you you think you think like well, you just hold him accountable. John Denton and Derek Gould and uh, Katie Wu and Ben Fredrickson, they ask questions. They ask questions to get him talking. Sometimes there is a direct back and forth. If you notice, Ollie gets ticked off with the media for asking questions that are incredibly direct. It doesn't mean you're going to get the answers that you think you're, you're, you deserve. That's just the way it is. So to the 618 or whoever is thinking, well, just hold him accountable. You don't know what the hell that means. You don't. It's and it's not it's it's not going to satisfy you holding him accountable. Well, yeah, because no matter what you ask, Mo or the Dewitt, or no matter what you ask them, they're not able to change anything in the moment, and they're certainly not going to take your advice and decide to move baseball operations in a different direction. Right. So, but it is good to be passionate. I I do like that. I do like that Cardinals fans care. I'm not being mm-hmm. snarky. I mean, I've played in in cities where fan bases just don't even care about the team, the results, or anything at all. And it sucks to be an athlete in those towns. It sucks to be a spectator at those events because nobody really cares. So it is great that Cardinals fans are so passionate. I think sometimes it gets blurred a little bit as to what the media can actually do to John Mosellock or Ollie Marmel or Craig Berube and Doug Armstrong. Because they really don't give a crap about what the hell we have to say. Yeah, they really don't. No, they, they don't. They, they don't want to answer. They're not going to answer. Absolutely. No, and I'm not, not talking about. To. And I'm not talking about all Cardinals fans. I'm talking about them. a very select few. I don't want to answer it either. I wouldn't be. Yeah, I'd be sick of it too. I'm, t- I'm. I'm talking about a very select few that think that just because you know we go to a press conference that that we don't have to use decorum or we, we you know well then we we're not like asking idiots, absolutely. To be honestly. Yeah. They're, they're, if you want to be taken seriously by any of the Cardinals, Blues, players, management mm. coaches, you have to have a well-thought-out question that has some meat on it so that they can answer it, and they'll respect your question and you, the individual, as knowing what the hell you're talking about. Right. They may not like what you're asking them, but you better word it the right way and have some material to back it up. Mm-hmm. If you're going to criticize, have the statistics, have the moments ready and and you know armed, if you will. Otherwise, just forget they're going to disregard me like, this guy's an idiot. Yep. All right, we didn't get into the bullpen conversation. We'll have that next. Is this a good bullpen that is just uh, has gone bad because of the starting rotation, or does the bullpen need to be restructured as well? That's next on One ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on One Hundred and One ESPN. Our guy Swan just sent this on uh, Twitter to us. Cardinals bullpen, according to Cardinals stats and facts, since Ryan Helsley was hurt 
on June 8th. Check out these numbers for the Cardinals' bullpen. Oh, they're good, I bet. 6.26 ERA, that's 30th in Major League Baseball. 1.62 whip, that's 30th in baseball. A minus 0.3 F4, whatever that means, whatever that is, uh, 26 in baseball. 4.97 FIP, that's fielding independent percentage, Jamie. Yeah. Uh, 25th in baseball. Hmm. A 5.09 walks per nine ratio, that's 29th in baseball, and 92 innings of work, that, that's the 10th fewest in baseball. Every healthy Cardinals reliever has an ERA above 4.0 this season, this bullpen is so bad, it's not even funny. That's again Cardinal stats and facts on Twitter. Do you think that? Which, by the way, that's it's a really good follow. It is. It's Twitter. at it's at STL underscore stats underscore facts. Yeah. If you want to give really a follow, really good. I find Twitter. a lot of stuff on there. They're fantastic. So yeah. Thank you for providing that. Whoever you are. So the, the question. <laughs> I don't know who it is. So. I. Well, it's could them. be a guy. Could be a girl. Who knows? Could be anybody. Could be a team. Could be team of people. Jamie. Yeah. Product of the starting rotation or just a bad pen. In your in your estimation, or yes, <laughs> <laughs> I said I was like, "Wow, Anthony." Yes, yes. No, look at it's all been inconsistent. It has been. Now I understand that those numbers are since Ryan Helsley um, has been injured, but there's also been some times at the start of the season where the bullpen was really good. Your rotation was bad. The bullpen was good. Then the rotation was better and your bullpen was bad. Then you kind of had mid from both and then you're blowing saves. So, yes, they, they've been underwhelming to say the least, but I feel like it's just like everything else on this team. You get a couple of good versions of it. You think, okay, here we go. Like Jordan Hicks, he's, a bit of, he's been a breath of fresh air mm-hmm. out of the bullpen, right? So how do you, how do you evaluate that then? Because the bullpen in its entirety has not been great. But when you isolate someone like Jordan Hicks, he's been good. Yeah. They've all been good at times. Jordan Hicks has been has, is good right now. What inconsistent, right? He right. started off like exactly. Right. Ryan Hells. I mean, Hennessy's Cabrera was was it was a small disaster a year ago whether it was injuries or inconsistencies attitude. Or, or, or attitude yeah he was a problem this year he's been he's been great again i think bullpens in general most bullpens are volatile i mean the, it, from year to year mm-hmm. you you feel like you've got a good group but that same group that you had that was great a year ago might not be great again bullpens are very difficult to evaluate that is why I think when it comes when it comes to this question, I'm more inclined to say, what do you have in the starting rotation? And the starting rotation hasn't been good enough. You get guys that are working six. I know seven is like it's that's a miracle to get a pitcher throwing seven innings anymore. But if you get starters that are working consistently deep into the sixth inning, seventh inning, you get the you know this offense is good enough to give you a lead more, more times than not. This bullpen should be fine. Based on these, based on who you have in there, so I'm, I think this is more a product of the starting rotation. Poor Andre Pallante. I think I think what happened with him last year is starting to creep in this year. He is tied for second in the entire league with blown saves, with five. And I feel like we don't talk about him enough. Yeah. We we well, focus he's, on he's totally given a crap sandwich too, so many times. Well, Andre yeah. Pallante's got to clean up. Whoever's mess, which so, I know that's part of the job, part of the but job, that, right. it, it's still not. And I think it's know. it's starting to pile up. We saw him do that last year too, and he was really good last year for you. So much that they put him in the starting rotation for a spell. Do it again. Right. 
Well, I would. Who cares? I mean, at this point, we can be <laughs> ex- point, we can be yeah. experimental. Sure. Yeah. Experiments you know could be fun. <laughs> Marshy, you're free to your choices. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm just saying. You know, Andre Pallante. Feel bad for the guy. I do too. I like him a lot. I do. He's a good pitcher. He's got a lot going for him. Quality individual, Anthony. Mm-hmm. You'd like him. I do like him. Yeah. Like him all the pitch better. Well, yeah, me too. Mm. Certainly. Just throwing that out there. I don't know. Is a product of this? We get a text on here. This is this is aimed at Wayno um, by David on the YouTube comments. Said those stats include everyone who had to come in for Wayno in the second inning. Now, Wayno's not the only one. There's been Stephen Matz has had some blow-ups. Stephen Matz has had some blow-ups. Miles Michaelis. The bullpen has been taxed early at times. Does that affect some of these stats? Yes. Okay. I think they're overused. I think they have been overused since April. Well, Well, yeah, but you say that, Anthony, but then these stats don't support what you're saying. What do you mean? Well, it says every healthy Cardinals reliever... Uh, this is no ninety-two innings pitch, the tenth fewest. Yeah, but since 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 Helsley went yeah. out, but I'm saying the the product has been bad. The starting pitching has been bad since oh, for April. The whole, okay, so it starts to compile. I got you. Like Miles Michaelis was excellent. When did he pitch Saturday? Seven. Again, he was he? excellent on Saturday. He he was hot garbage in April. He was hot garbage in June. He was great in May. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you got starters that can't get to the fifth inning. Or, uh, Steven, Steven Matz pitched great. Went five and a third. I mean, this is... That's better than one. That's where we're at, Jamie. Our expectations are lowered now. It's disgusting. Yeah. I don't disagree. I do celebrate five innings from a starter now. I'm guilty of that just because that's what... This is what you've done to me. <laughs> five innings feels like, man, that was a great a quality start. No, it wasn't, Jamie. No. No. <laughs> Isn't it ironic? He did his job. Not really. <laughs> Son of a. It's ironic that the guys that pitch to contact, you think, okay, their pitch, like their their pitch count would be lower would because think. if you're striking guys out, you're at least throwing right. three pitches mm-hmm. at least a minimum. Yeah. You would think that it would be lower, but you know we're at a hundred pitches in the fifth right. inning. And you're like, eh, well, there's a four and two third. Max Max Scherzer when he was with the Diamondbacks was notorious for five innings. 482 Ks and 100 pitches. Like he just he he was a five and he was the the five and dive the five guy. and dive guy. Except for no one could get a hit off of him. Right. That's why the Cardinals didn't want him. Oh boy. It's a fast line on 101 ESPN. Well, our concerns about the Blues defense have the same results as the Cardinals starting rotation. Boy, I hope not. Why did drag the Blues uh, into this? What did they do? It's an interesting comparison. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsham, Anthony Stalter. So the Cardinals rotation, everybody knew going into the year that it was a huge question mark. And lo and behold, well, it's a huge question mark. Uh, Jamie, are we about to see the same thing with the Blues when it comes to their defensive core? Is, Is Army about to make the same mistake 
that Mo made with his starting pitching only this time with his defense. So what are you actually asking me here? Like, is is Army going to just stand pat and think that his decor is okay like the Cardinals did? Yes. Okay. Here's the difference, though, Anthony. He has to stick with it because he's got a bunch of no contract. No they trade have contracts. a salary cap uh-huh. in the NHL, and he's got five guys with no trade clauses. So contrary to the Cardinals, hmm. where in the offseason – there's no salary cap for one thing, mm-hmm. and they knew they needed pitching, and they didn't address it. They felt like they were fine when they had the opportunity to address it. So I don't see them as being identical situations. And hang on, Anthony, I'll get you in a second. And Army did try to already maneuver, but he got shut down by a no trade clause. You have your hand up, sir. Let me rephrase. Yeah. Do you think, Jamie? that the defense could wind up being the thing that sinks the blues, and we kind of knew it all along, a la okay. the Cardinals pitching staff. Uh, yeah, it could. It could, for sure. I mean— Do you believe it in your heart and in your huevos rancheros? Listen, all I believe right now to be true is you have the same defensive core as you had last year. Will you get different results? Maybe. Maybe. Because the year before— you had better results. Not the greatest results, but you had better results with the same defensive core. And so last year was an off year, certainly. Too many easy goals, too much of the middle of the ice given up. The defensive zone was not tight enough. The gap control wasn't good enough. All of that stuff. Do I believe that this defensive core can turn it around? Yes, I do. Because I've seen it before from these guys. So... Does it have the opportunity to do that same result or to, to get the same result as the, as the pitching staff? It does. It does. It really does. But I feel like they're going to be a better team overall than they were last year. And I think that right now the forward group that you have is going to be a better forward group than you had last year. So that will help out the entire team defensively. There's no doubt that this defensive core has a lot to prove. And I think they're going to feel that way. I, I think Tory Krug is going to feel like he needs to prove something to, well, not just the Army, but the fans, too. And maybe the entire NHL, like, this guy tried to trade me for another defenseman. Like, that's kind of wacky. You're sitting there, wait, I was like the second highest prospect or the second highest free agent out there next to Alex Petrangelo, and now I'm being traded for a guy who wasn't? I would take that as a slight. Mm-hmm. And Tory Krug, if nothing else, we know he's a competitive dude. He is. The fact that he's a small, undersized defenseman, that he makes some mistakes defensively, that has nothing to do with the fact that he wants to do well. He's a very competitive player, and I think he's going to come back this year and definitely have something to prove. I think Colton Pareko has something to prove this year. Actually, I think they all do. The only guy that could kind of sit there and go, you know what, I kind of did as much as I freaking could last year was Justin Falk. But his results weren't ultimately what he wanted either. Scott Perunovic has something to prove, that he can play in the NHL every day. Tyler Tucker just got himself a nice one-way contract. He's got something to prove. So what I do like about this defensive core is not that, oh, well, we're just going to stand pat with the same group. They all have something to prove. They have something to, to push back with. So where I felt like the rotation, everybody's like, well, we're fine. We have pitch to contact guys and we're going to be all right. We have Jordan Montgomery. We got Michaelis. Like, 
everything was like kind of hunky-dory. It's not like that right now with the Blues defensive core. It's not. Everybody is critiquing it. Um, a lot of people wanted Tory Krug to be traded. And so I feel like when you have a group of individuals that all have something to prove, that it could be a different result. How much of, How much does the system change? Do they make tweaks? Yeah, you have to. How much? So how many? <laughs> you have to, Anthony. Uh, okay, I agree. I don't like your snark on that. No, or but you have to. Like, you're staying. It's not snark towards you. It's snark in general. How, like, mu- how, how much? How do you have that bad of a season defensively and not change things? How much do you think will be tweaked? I don't think it's going to be like astronomical. In hockey, you have certain systems, and what it comes down to is executing and effort in those systems. They didn't get that all the time last year. They absolutely have to do a better job of containing the middle of the ice, and they absolutely have to do a better job in managing the available players for the opposition in front of their net. Mm -hmm. So I think you'll see some tweaks where there's a lot more traffic in the middle of the ice, especially on back checks and on neutral zone four checks. They're going to be covering over in the middle of the ice a lot more. And I definitely think they're going to collapse a little bit tighter in the defensive zone and really take care of that slot area. There's the high slot, the low slot, and, you know, teams were moving around and getting open. I don't think – I think I believe they have to get away from immediate puck pressure. And what I mean by that is last year the Blues didn't – not that they didn't care. They wanted pressure immediately. So if it was first defenseman and the next available guy was a defenseman, they were both going into the corner or both down – and then the four was left in front of the net where no matter how good defensively your forward is, he's still not used to being in that spot all the time. Right. He's not necessarily aware of everything that's going on, the, the shoulder check and the backdoor tap-ins, and, you know, which happened a lot. So I think if nothing else, the Blues will get away from that. They'll go more to the traditional, you know, first guy on the puck, whether it's a forward or a defenseman, and then the next guy would be the next layer, but keeping a defenseman in front of the net at all times and live to fight another day so that the players would have to come back to the front of the net and then that player can leave and go take away time and space from somebody else. But, yeah, I think they definitely have to tweak some things. The number one thing they're going to tweak, and they already did at the end of last season, was getting more aggressive on their forecheck, having the defenseman be able to pinch a lot more because you've got that high forward, that F3, as they call them, playing up high so that he can you know back the player up. Mm-hmm. That made a difference for the Blues going down the stretch last year. I think if they start that way, it will ultimately equal better team defense because Craig Berube always says, our defensive play starts with the forecheck. If you can't keep the other team in their end, what good is it at that yeah. point? Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter, it's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Let's give away some Cardinals Bud Bash tickets. How about that? Everybody excited? Jamie? Always. Okay. 101 ESPN, that's us. We have your chance to win the a four-pack of like tickets to, fun, to next Tuesday night's Budweiser Bash for Cardinals versus Marlins. Maybe you'll get to see Sandy Alcantara. Skip Schumacher, you definitely see. I'd like to see some. Okay. Next week's Bud Bash game features a limited edition Brad Thompson bobblehead. That's right. Our guy BT's got a, another another bobblehead. I was at the game a couple of years ago when they gave gave away the uh, Brad Thompson bobblehead. Unfortunately, it got rained out that night. Uh, but What'd they do with all the bobbleheads? Did Brad get them all? Probably gave them game away. To who, though, if the game was rained out? Random people on the streets. Hmm. No, well, people actually were there at the game. And then it got rained out. It was one of those. Thanks for clarifying that for me. It was one of those. You know what I mean? I'm glad you did that. Like, we know the game's canceled, but uh, why don't you come on in and still drink the beer and get the concessions and 
pay for parking. Yeah. Anyways, text in now, 314-399-9646 to win the Budweiser Bash tickets for Cardinals versus Marlins. Jamie, which question do you want to go with? We discussed a couple of them. Um, Dealer's choice for you today. I can't remember. All right, I, fine. I'll, we'll go with mine. I then. honestly have no idea. Oh, that one. Now, we'll we'll save that one. I'm thinking more of the, who did he pitch against? Who did Brad Thompson pitch against? <laughs> I was thinking something different. I know you were. Who did he threaten? Nah, we, to, maybe we'll do that another uh, time. When Brad was in independent ball, what there was a pitcher, uh-huh. a legendary pitcher who was at the end of his career, who pitched opposite of Brad. He opposed Brad that night. Which pitcher was it? It's a well-known name. It's not. We're not tricking you here. This is going to be interesting. Brad's talked about it. Which pitcher did Brad oppose? Legendary pitcher that I think Brad was pitching for the Somerset Patriots, and this this pitcher was pitching for the Bridgeport Bluefish. I'll give you a little hint there. If you have the correct answer, 314-399-9646. Yeah, people know. Get all the details on this season's series of Budweiser Bash Cardinals games now at cardinals.com slash promotions. Anthony, what texture are we taking? 101. Okay. 101st. Absolutely. Because we want to make sure that if you're listening on the app, Mm -hmm. that uh, you have a chance to answer these. Yes. Yeah. 101st texter. If you're wondering, well, I'm listening on the app. There's a delay. First of all, take a step back and breathe. Okay? Second of all, you still have your chance. 101st texter. Yeah. We make it fair. We try. And also... Uh, some of the app right now, I guess the streaming on some Android devices is yeah, having sorry some about issues. It. Sorry about that. Just go to the website and you can listen on the website. Right. People are working on it. Yep. Who those people are, Jamie and I have no idea, but they're hard well, at work. I, I'm on this Google thing. I'm trying to figure it out for the company here. Nice job there, Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> <be> you'll smooth. <laughs> we'll have it fixed for you <laughs> next year. Steven Matz, did You're he earn welcome, his spot Steve. back in the rotation? We'll dive into that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Our guy Jamie Rivers a couple of weeks ago. Couple weeks, a month, probably about a month ago now. He said it, and he was absolutely right then, and uh, he's proven right again. Steven know. Matz is going to be back in this rotation oh, full time. It's gonna, it's gonna happen. That guy, he's throwing grease BBs yesterday. Well, you know, um, I'm thinking more along the lines of you're probably going to trade two starters. Maybe I don't know. We've got a Katie Wu cut from BK and Ferrario. Oh, they talked to Katie today, Cardinals Insider with the Athletic. That just, if I don't throw my chair at some point, uh, Jamie, I'll throw other things. Ooh. But anyways. I like this. Steven Matz, yeah, he's he's going to earn his spot back. Jamie, what do you like to say about Steven Matz and getting his spot back? He's got, or the Cardinals have. 44 million reasons. Absolutely. To move him back <laughs> in the rotation. in this player. But and, with Wayno hurt, Montgomery now hurt. But if he pitches inevitable. like he did yesterday. Great. Are you are you upset? No. no. No, of course not. You're good with it. If he does it consistently, Because no. this is what he was supposed to do from the beginning. Yesterday's yeah. performance was what you were supposed to get out of him. Would have been nice to get another inning at least, get six. Yeah. But we'll take the five. 
and he had good command. He had good velocity on his fastball, mixed in the changeup. Like he he earned those strikeouts, except for that one where the guy thought he called timeout, stepped <laughs> Eloy, out of the box. Eloy Jimenez, yeah. Yeah, Jimenez. Whoops. And then Steven Matz, you could see him, he's throwing it, and he was like, well, I better hit the strike zone. Yep. There's nobody in there. Threw a curve. He did. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> but he earned those strikeouts. Maybe not that one, but the other ones. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, the elevations. He was you know, pitching the bottom of the zone, top of the zone. He hit a lot of fastballs that were riding up in the top of the zone. Guys were swinging at and missing. Yeah. If that's what I can get from Steven Matson, I'm I'm happy. I am. I'm not like elated, but this is what you wanted from him. You wanted him to be a number three starter. Absolutely. And that's what a number three starter looks like to me. Right. So if you can get Michaelis doing what he did, then Montgomery being he's hurt, so who knows? Mm-hmm. And you got Steven Matz, like at least and Jack Flaherty, boy, Flaherty shoved. Yeah. You're looking at like okay. Jamie, on that on Let's that go note, for it. we open the show. We open the show talking about what has been like the most frustrating aspect of the season for me. Mine hasn't happened yet. I'm waiting for the deadline, and then I'm gonna be real frustrated. But to your point, Jamie, imagine if Stephen Matz just pitched like a number three all season. Imagine if Miles Michaelis just pitched like a number three. Forget a number two and an ace. Just a number three all season. Imagine if Jordan Montgomery consistently, and he has for the most part, pitched like a number three all season. Yeah. I know. Imagine you'd, that. You'd be Imagine in a lot better Jack shape. Imagine if Jack Flaherty pitched just like a number three. You still get your ass kicked in the postseason, but you wouldn't be 11 and a half games back in this NL Central. No, and I think that is the frustrating part is you, you haven't even needed like an astronomical difference. No. Just a slight difference. Mm-hmm. And, and again, things would be different. And again, we're not talking about... What it, whether or not that would have been good enough in the postseason? It wouldn't have been. No, we know the answer. To we that. know the answer to that. We thought that was going to be the biggest problem. Was these guys elevating their game, or actually the front office making a move to get an ace at the deadline? That was the biggest question. But because Miles Michaelis has pitched anywhere from a number two to a uh, a number t- ten. Then I don't think you can have ten guys in your no, rotation. Yeah, I you know I almost went another route and I didn't want to. Oh, what route was that? Little leaguer. Oh, that's not fair to the that. little leaguers. Oh my! I know. So I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to say it. You made me, Jamie. I didn't. You anything. made me say it. I can't make you do anything, Anthony. Very true. Well, <laughs> but Miles <laughs> Miles Michaelis is not pitched consistently. Adam Wainwright, unfortunately, hasn't even pitched like a number five on most occasions, especially over his last three starts. There have been times where he's given you like, all right, will you just take that from a number five? Yeah. It's a rough season. It has been a rough season, yes. Flaherty has been You've had some really great moments and some average moments. That's the problem. If these guys just pitched at a number three level, they'd be fine. But Steven Matz is going to be back in this rotation. I don't... In fact, I don't think he leaves the rotation. After that, how can you take him out after that start? Well, you're going to have spots open, too. But never mind that. Even with spots. You never mind that. Never mind you. Even with spots becoming available, Steven Matz following that performance, you have to give him another start. Mm-hmm. Let's see how far he can go here. Right. Let's see how good he can be or how bad he can be. But when you put a guy back into your rotation from the bullpen – and he performs as good as he did yesterday, you have to see what it's going to look like the next time. If, uh, 
I was going to ask you a question that I was going to ask you a hypothetical question that that's probably not fair, but I'll I'll just throw it out there. And go ahead, I'll, Anthony. I'll Be unfair to fair. me. Let's go. I was going to ask you what, if if the Cardinals trade Montgomery and Flaherty, what's your rotation looking like? Provided everybody's healthy. What are they getting back though? If that's, we're doing hypotheticals, exactly. are they getting pitching back? That's why it wasn't fair. Yeah. No, that's they're, not, no, they're going to get. It's just a bad question. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's no, no there's no such thing as bad questions. Well, it's just bad, bad people. That was a bad question. Since you didn't really have an answer, that's why I stopped myself. No, again, again, I didn't want to go through with it. This is just shocking. We got a sports six pack coming up uh, next. Three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six is the Aircom for service tax line. So if you got a question, or you can leave it for, via our YouTube channel at one hundred one ESPN STL. Congratulations to Keith from Richmond Heights. He won the Cardinals Bud Bash tickets. He had the correct answer to our trivia question, which is what? And I almost call him a Hall of Famer. He's not. What? what? Should be elite pitcher. Toward the end of his career, did Brad Thompson oppose when he was an in independent ball? Correct answer is the Rocket, Roger Clemens. That's correct, Roger Clemens. He was pitching for the, I think, the Bridgeport Bluefish. You don't know that, but you like saying it. When BT was pitching for the Somerset Patriots, wow, I believe. Well, we'll confirm with BT. But anyways, Keith from Richmond Heights, he had the correct answer. We're giving away Cardinals Bud Bash tickets each day this week, so just stay tuned in. We'll give them away various times during the show. We'll make sure you get your Cardinals Bud Bash tickets. We're going to get your hands on that bobblehead, that BT bobblehead. Yeah, you do. Apparently, All those things you've ever wanted to do to BT, Yeah, you can do them. At least to his bobblehead. Yeah, that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. The bobblehead. No, I know. Sports Six-Pack next on 101 ESPN. Answer this question. What is the most unattractive male first name in the English language? Keith. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's. Your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years. You heard the big voice. Time for the sports six-pack here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Here's Andrew Marsh with your questions via the Air Comfort Service text line. Question number one. From the 815, what is the worst-case scenario if the Cardinals are not sellers at the deadline? You're looking at it just on repeat next year. In some way, shape, or form. You don't get anything in return for Jordan Montgomery. You don't maximize the value that a Jordan Hicks could provide you at the deadline. You don't maximize the value that Jack Flaherty could max could could give you at the deadline. And you're looking at the same or similar roster a year ago, a year from now, just with maybe a couple of different names with your rotation. You're looking at some compensation picks though, right? Go to hell, Jamie. I don't want to hear about your compensation picks. It was a question, Anthony. You can go to hell. Um, yeah, worst case scenario <laughs> is that it's rinse repeat, like uh, Anthony said. <laughs> Such a jerk. Take that shirt off. You don't deserve it. No, I got uh, 
I got this for opening up the clear camp. Yeah. So Synergy Hockey. Take it off. You I don't deserve it. It's fine. I got a bunch at home. <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. I got a Bring white. them all with you to the office I got tomorrow. white. I got blue. A couple of grays. Love them. I got another black, different material. Yeah. <laughs> you don't deserve it. When is that clear camp opening? Uh, <clears throat> July 2035. <laughs> that, that late? Yeah, mm. we want to make sure it's perfect. <laughs> At least, hey, we got a date. We got That's a date. true. We got Good a date. Yep. How funny would that be? Jamie's still running that puppy <laughs> in 10, in, in what, 12 years, and I show up <laughs> full gear. All right. Who is this guy? This is what she said. Jamie, let's clear it. Better reinforce the glass. It's clear it, Camp. Ah, <laughs> oh, sorry. We uh, we already booked the ice time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, better luck next uh. year. <laughs> sorry, folks. Oh. Moose out. Park's closed. Yeah. Moose outside. Should have told you. Uh. Go ahead, Marsh. Question number two. Guess we'll just have to make tape to tape passes. From the three one four. Why do you why do you want the Cardinals to sell? What makes you think they can develop young pitching? <laughs> yeah, Liz, that's a oh. fair question. Well, that's look around question. the league. How's he going to get pitching? The pitchers are all around you. Yeah. Except on your team. How are you going to get pitching if you don't acquire it? Well, you got to develop it. Exactly. You draft and develop. You draft, you develop, you, yeah. you acquire it and trade. You pick them in the first round. You know, that's what you make sure of. One well, thing you have an abundance of right now yeah. is outfielders. Not like that kid you that they took from Arizona. You don't. You see that swing? I did see the swing. It's incredible. It's great. Hopefully you can pitch, too. He better. He better be Shohei Otani. Yeah. Here's the thing. I'm sure I'm sure you're thinking, well, you got to sign these guys. you got to sign these guys. At the risk of sounding like a broken record, I'll say it again. It's free agency. There's no guarantee that you're going to be able to sign these guys. Yeah. Oh, you got to pay a lot of money. Yeah. The Yankees are willing to pay a lot of money. The Dodgers are willing to pay a lot of money. The Phillies are willing to pay a lot of money. The, who am I missing? The Mets are willing to pay a lot of money. This whole front office had sticker shock a year ago. They were blown away by the amount of money these guys were getting in free agency. Couldn't believe it. They sat on their hands. You think anything's going to change from that standpoint? So I understand they well they can't they can't develop these guys. Okay, figure it out then, because free throwing a bunch of money out in free agency mm-hmm. isn't the answer either. I mean, really, I think they should do both. Yeah, but what in their tra- what in their history has suggested that they're going to be good in free agency? You like Stephen Matz outside of yesterday? Do you like the Mike Leake era? Jamie thought he was really good. I thought he was fine yesterday. He was. He was. He had nine strikeouts. That's why we signed him for yesterday's game. Well, hopefully we signed him for a few more than just one game. So far, one and counting. The guy that that opposed Matt yesterday, I I hope the Cardinals... Oh, I'm out on that guy. You see how bad he was? Yeah, he only went seven. (laughs) (laughs) Gave up some crucial runs, Anthony. He did. That guy stinks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not up in here. No, I hope they make a run at Lucas Giolito. If you think about it, really nothing is guaranteed. No. Free agents isn't guaranteed. Yeah, Prospects right. aren't guaranteed. You're right. I can your put best a guarantee player could on the walk box down the road like, and snap Marcy. his ankle. What's up? I can put a guarantee on that box if you like, mm-hmm. Andrew. But yeah, you but all you have is like, yeah, you've butcher, done it. You've done it before. Sticking your head, head up in a his. T-bone. <laughs> what did you say about him? Wait, what? It's got to be your bull. <laughs> what? 
I forget now. What a great movie. What is that? You can get a good look at a T-bone by sticking your head up the cow's rear end. Yeah. yeah. Rather take, take, take the take butcher's, butcher's word for it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love when he goes on that rant and he goes at the end, he's like, <laughs> and before you know it, your daughter's knocked up and all your change is off the dresser. I've seen it a hundred times. My favorite part is, you know, you were there. <laughs> Forget the whole sequence. <laughs> I lost my virginity to your daughter. Chuck, you were there. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great part. Oh, that movie in uh, Black Sheep. Oh, man. Some great yeah. quotable yes. films. Anyways. Okay, go ahead. Question number three. Uh, from the 636, would you rather take a puck to the face or a baseball to the groin? Uh, puck to the face. Well, I've taken several pucks to the face. Yeah. Uh, I have not taken a baseball to the groin. Nah. Huh. Am I wearing a cup or no? Yeah, I was just about to ask that. I mean, it still hurts. But Yeah, I've taken slap shot in the cup before, and it doesn't feel like there's a cup there. Mm. I have taken a baseball to the... I've taken some ground balls to the old fruit basket. How'd it feel? Not great, Jamie. No. Even with the cup on. Yeah. I think I'll take the slap shot in the face. Um, I feel like um, my face will recover mm -hmm. where that might not recover. And yeah, we can't have that. I took a line drive in the face in high school pitching. Did they not give you a glove? <laughs> yes. <laughs> The guy smashed it. That sucks. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't drop. I can't believe the pitchers don't get dinged more often, to be honest. Yeah. That's a that's like scary. Little league, you know, is one thing. Like you, you get a you get a comeback and it's not coming off the bat at 105 miles an hour. Um those pitchers, man, that's not a long distance where mm -hmm. someone just hits that thing. Oh my. Yeah. And Honestly, they're already I, in a spot. They've extended their I mean, I can't believe more pitchers don't get dinged. Yep. You remember those hats? Those uh, mm -hmm. hats they had on. Yeah, they looked the, like Mario hats. They would they call it the the kazoo? Yeah, the great kazoo. The great kazoo. That's what they called it. Yeah, the kazoo helmet. They were kind of goofy looking. They, they were kind of goofy looking. They were absolutely one hundred percent goofy looking. But they protected those guys' melons. Mm -hmm. I thought the two more, guys that wore them. I thought more along the lines of. Like when my daughter played softball, the pitcher has to wear a mask, like a yeah. little mask. Yeah. I, I'm surprised some baseball players, like pitchers, haven't gone to that. I know it looks probably silly and whatnot, but if they all, it's like if they all had to wear it, mm -hmm. just get used to it. But you take one on the face, mm. Mm, I don't know. You put like a like a hockey helmet on here, nice I'm, visor. Here I am talking about that, and I never wore a visor in yeah, my career. Look at you. I don't. Look at this beautiful face. <laughs> Look, you can see it on YouTube. As you're talking about your nose making you swim in different directions. Yeah, it. my nose goes around the corner first before I do. Question number four. Corners. <laughs> from the 636. Uh, how does Craig Berube pair his defenseman when he has both Krug and Perunovic on the roster? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. It really is. Um, I honestly never I never thought you'd see this roster with both of them in the lineup just because they're they're a clone of each other. And both like as far as the way, stylistically the way they play and also 
their physical stature. I think they're both in and around the same size, height, weight. Uh, Tory Krug, probably a little sturdier on his feet. I think he's a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. He certainly has huge legs. Um, but, yeah, I, I think he, the only way you see it is if you get a good third pairing and Perunovic plays in the third pairing. Yeah. Something like that. I, I don't know. We'll see how it works. It's going to be an interesting situation. Question number five. Guys, according to Tim Bontemps, this is from ESPN, the Spurs are shutting down Victor Wimbenyama for Uh-oh. the rest of the summer league. Thanks a lot, Brittany. What did you guys think of his uh, first couple of appearances in the summer league? He's fine. He's fine. I, I still think he, he looks like a top prospect, you know? I, I still worry that he's going to get dominated physically by some of these mm-hmm. guys. I know the game has changed. It's not like back. You don't touch anybody now. But he still has to be able to get inside at some point. Nah. I don't know. He's yeah. very skinny. The 90s, you did. The 90s, he wouldn't have been. He's very skinny. Yeah. And back in our day, Jamie. Back in our day. He had yeah. To go into the paint. Why'd you imagine him playing against Shaq? No. Like, my gosh. No. Did but you, uh, there's still see... some guys. Like, Jimmy Butler's a big, like, physical yeah. dude. They've got mm-hmm. these teams still have some guys, and he's a talented player. I just, I, I, when I see a guy that's that physically slender or skinny, in a league full of giant men, I, I just wonder how that's going to translate. That's that's my only thought. Britney Spears has all these Britney fans watching summer league NBA games just because of this guy who literally did nothing. It was just a security guard, but they right. all don't like him now. Well, yeah. And they're saying, oh, this guy's a bust. You know, he had put up, what, nine points don't, on Friday. He, did, he had a better outing. Way, don't take off night, the spear bots, you know. Have you seen the so that cool. new Las Vegas sphere? Yeah, the orb. Yeah. That thing is incredible. Mm-hmm. When they had it as a basketball, yeah, it was, it was just kind of rotating. Cool. Then they had it as a big eyeball, and it was like yeah, blink yeah. every so often. Didn't they do like the American flag too? The American mm-hmm. flag. They've done a whole bunch of things. They had it. It was the Death Star one day from Star Wars. Nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what the purpose of this thing is. I have no idea. Just look cool. It looks pretty damn cool. Mm-hmm. I think there's like. Uh, Seats inside. You can have like concerts and really all that. I mean, fun it, stuff. Who is it that uh, the orb? Who 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 made it? Elon Musk. No, wasn't him. Uh, no, I, I don't know why it's eluding me right now. But there's a company that made it. Oh, it's uh, oh Adidas. No, it was uh, MSG. Mm. MSG. Ah, you got to be careful. Garden. You can't put too too much MSG on your food. You got to be very careful with that for sure. Hmm. All right, it's the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Do we have one more? Mark? We got one more is question. This, does this complete the six pack? It would complete the six pack. Well, we got to do it then. Let's go. Question number six from the six one eight. Would you put Wilson Contreras in the outfield and Ivan Herrera at catcher? I think Contreras played there during his time with the Cubs. Uh, I think any. We'll get into this a little bit later on. I think. I think that any infielder that you can convert into an outfielder is the best route Anthony, in Major League Baseball. The snark, what? The snark on your <laughs> what? voice. Did you know I was going that route? Yeah. Well, how, not how initially, sh- but then as soon as you said, I was like, oh, here he goes. Like, at what part? I honestly, a second and a half into your answer. Okay. All right. Yeah. As soon as you said convert. When you opened your yeah. mouth. Yeah. You knew it was going to be snark. <laughs> Oof. Okay. How instrumental has our, our guy Roman Berkey been uh, to City SE's success? 
I, yeah. I, yeah, I would say a lot. Mm. Yeah. Uh, is it fair to say that um, City goes as far as Roman Berkey takes them? We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. TV on the call the other night as the St. Louis City SC Soccer Club hands Toronto FC, Jamie's team, a 1-0 loss. Yeah, they're not my team. Roman Uh, Berkey with a clean sheet, Jamie. It was an unbelievable performance, but uh, is it just me or do I feel like when I'm watching soccer at any point, any level, like I want my announcer to sound like that guy like that, English, that English voice. Yeah, I could see that. Pass of his first goal. What a beauty that was. I like that. What about this guy? Vargas in the area, still with it on the right side, stepping over, sending it back for Lindsay. Lindsay sends it back into the area for Svidersky. One touch, he scores! Oh. oh. Was he trying to sound like the, over here. the mixer? Seriously, that was Mickey Mouse. What happened there? I don't know how he went so high there. Anyways, yeah. Mm. Um, so, Anthony, what was your question? Uh, clean sheet for Berkey yes. over the weekend. And I think it's fair to say that, and I'm not knocking any other element for City SC, but they'll go as far as Roman Ber- Berkey takes him. I mean, we, we had this conversation last week, and it was just – further illustrated over the weekend. I, I when everybody's healthy, I like their their defensive structure and we spend a lot of time talking about the way that they are aggressive and physical with with opponents when they're backed up. Uh they love to generate scoring opportunities based off of that, you know, aggressive style of defense. But but Berkey's the key. Berkey's been their best player. He's been their most consistent player. It's very rare that he has off moments, let alone off nights. This is the this is the goaltender that gets hot in hockey and completely changes the fortunes of a team. Berkey is that good, that talented, and I can't wait to watch this guy at the, the when the when the lights get really bright. So Anthony, how many saves do you think Roman Berkey has this season? Ballpark. How many games? Where are they at now? Um, 23? Let me see here. Uh, trying to find it. Just had it here. Hmm. Why I can't St. Louis. 21 games, it looks like. 21 games. Yeah, and you asked me how many saves has he made. Hmm. I'll say... Let me do some quick math here. <clears throat> oh, boy. Here we go. There's no such thing for you as quick math. Good call. 21 games, you said? Mm-hmm. I think he has 168 saves. Well, that's a big number. He doesn't quite have that, but he he could. If they had that many shots on him, he could. Uh, he's oh, got, that's true. I'm not even thinking. I'm 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 not, I'm thinking of shots. Yeah, 
Well, he doesn't have that many shots against either. Son of a bitch. But he has 82 saves That's on the it? season. Guy stinks. Yeah, he's second in the league. There's one goaltender that has 83 saves, but his goals against is higher than Roman Burke. What's the shots attempt at him? Uh, 105. I was thinking of I was thinking eight. eight I was actually thinking eight shots a game. I, yeah, that's a lot. That's high, even was, for St. Louis City SC. But my point is, is that to I was your, high when I put that number. You probably in. were mm. Panama Red. Anyways, um, Roman Berkey is the key to a lot of their success. They get some games are giving up eight, nine, ten shots in a game, which is a lot, by the way. And Roman Berkey is there to answer. Uh, for all of those things. And he's got 24 goals against, got a 1.14 goals against average, um, 105 shots, 82 saves. His save percentage is 800, like 80, 80%, which I believe that could be the highest in the MLS. No, he's second in save percentage. So, yes, Roman Berkey is maybe not the only key, but he is the biggest key to St. Louis City SC's success for the rest of the season and then postseason. I think the only the, the, the thing that's second is health, whether or yes. not they're going to make it to the postseason and and, and be a, a a full unit. You you know? He cannot get injured. Oh, here no. If if but he gets injured, he gets a lot of action, and he's a real intense player. Like, oof. I was talking more about you know Klaus and Edward Leuven being healthy. Klaus is back on the training pitch, so that's good news. He's wearing his boots. Um, what do you mean? He's wearing his boots on the training pitch. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what you're talking about. What boots are you talking about? They call them boots. Who? Soccer players. They're not cleats. They're boots. They call them boots? Yeah, yeah like the golden boot. Well, that I know they call Yeah, I guess so. The boots. All right. I never really... Uh, mm-hmm. hmm. okay. They wear their boots on the pitch to play football. All right. Well, yeah, he's got his boots on. On the training field, and hopefully he's back sooner than later because he was a runaway guy for this team as their top goal scorer. Mm-hmm. You add him in there with some of the other guys who've emerged recently. Hopefully, you get Leuven back as well. To me, I I believe that you know City SC has three or four guys that are huge in their success: Klaus, Leuven, Kyle Hebert, one of our guys. I think uh, was it. Uh, Giacchini is mm-hmm. another guy. Maybe and Parker, Timmy Parker is also another. Some five guys along with Roman Berkey. They lean heavily upon those guys. The problem is they're missing a couple of their top players on the pitch that, that are not the goalie, but they're still not just treading water, they're keeper. still winning. The keeper, the goalkeeper. They're winning still. We'll get you there, Jamie. It's a fast lane on 101 <laughs> ESPN. The gauntlet is next. Shut up. Right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. Four oh two. Your time check is brought to you by Collection Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Time for the gauntlet in the fast lane with Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. We welcome in Mike. What's up, Mike? What's up, fellas? How you doing? Good. How you doing? Good. First time in the gauntlet. 
Uh, first time in 2.0. I, I lost the Marshy like six months ago. Okay. So is this a revenge spot for you today? Or are you taking on Jamie or myself? Uh, I want Marshy again. Okay. So it is a revenge spot. Yes. Okay. Well, Marsh, you got the launch codes for us? Thank you, sir. And Mike? Hey, Mike, can you turn down the radio? Got it. There we go. We're getting some bleed. Thank you. All right. Tell Marsh to spin the wheel, and then Mar Marsh will go into the cone of silence. All right. Spin that wheel. All right. Here we go. Marsh is ready to go. Spin the wheel, Marshy. Come, Come on, on. Marshy. All right. Now get out of here. Get out of here. Seriously. Mike, what are you hoping for? Uh, anything but football. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, you're not going to like us <laughs> very oh much. I looked over and it I mean normally there's like a little bit of a oh and no, no this was this was dead nuts football. Right. All right roasted peanuts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. D's. Okay. All right. Anthony's, uh breaking out the uh the questions here from our good buddy Grant Francis. Yep. <laughs> and Anthony literally just ripped the questions in half. I mean that's a perfect rip. How can you even do that? I should have gave you those. Somebody's been working out. There we go. Show off. <laughs> All right. Mike, are you ready? Yes, sir. Let's see if I can read these. Uh, see what, here. What, what number has... I'm fine. What number has DeAndre Hopkins worn for his entire NFL career? What number has DeAndre Hopkins worn for his entire NFL career? I can't believe I did this. I can't. <laughs> You're such a donkey. Uh, I'll take the options. 10, 20, or 50? 10. Final answer. All right, question number two. The last time an NFL playoff game went to overtime was in the 2022 playoffs in the conference championship round. Who won that game? Mm, Options. Was it San Francisco 49ers, the Cincinnati Bengals, or the Kansas City Chiefs? Uh, let's go Bengals, final answer. All right, question number three, Mike. Who was the first team to defeat the Alabama Crimson Tide last season by a score of 52-49? to 49? Who beat Alabama last year, 52-49? to 49? Uh, I'll just guess and say Georgia, final answer. All right, Mike, we are here. Final question. The top three players with the most fantasy points in the NFL last season were quarterbacks. Outside of quarterbacks, which player put up the most fantasy points last season with 372.2? Hmm. I'll take the options again. All right, was it Austin Eckler, Justin Jefferson, or Christian McCaffrey? I was thinking Jefferson, so I'm going to go with him. Final answer. All right. All right, we'll bring back Marsh. I don't know if he can see us. Yeah, he can see us. How are you feeling, Mike? Uh, not not the best. Okay. We'll, we'll see what Marsh has got Marsh, today. Let's see if Marsh's preparation is where it needs to be. Yeah. It's been lacking recently. Certainly. All right, Marsh, you ready to go? Let's do it. Your category today is football interesting okay have you gotten football yet 
Yeah, yeah I've gotten had, football. It's been, I think it's been a while, though. Marsh is pretty good at football. Marsh is good at all things. He is a very talented young yeah. man. Certainly is. All right, you ready? Let's do it. Question one, Marsh. What number has DeAndre Hopkins worn for his entire NFL career? What number has DeAndre Hopkins worn for his entire NFL career? Oh, wow. Um, why am I blinking on this? It's not in the 80s. Starts with a one, I think. Wow, is it? Mm, I'm gonna have to. I'm I'm blanking on this. I'm gonna have to. Use, this is six in it. I know. Uh, I'm gonna have to use the options. All right. Is it ten, sixteen, or eleven? Oh. <laughs> I'm trying to like. Visualize what number? Ugh, Sixteen. <clears throat> Man, what was the first one? Ten. Oh, it's ten. It's ten. It just popped in my head. It's final 10. answer. Final answer. All right. Oof. We got there. All right. Question two, Andrew. Don't crap on the process. No, it's all I'm, right. I'm Qu- not. Yeah. I question, think you're doing great. Question two, guys. The last time an NFL playoff game went to overtime was in the 2022 playoffs in the conference championship round. Who won that game? That was the 2022. That would have been uh, the Bengals and the Chiefs game, and that's when Evan McPherson hit a... Where was that at the... Was that in overtime? Can you repeat the question? I sure can. The last time an NFL playoff game went to overtime was in 2022 in the conference championship round. Who won that game? Okay, so that would have been either the Bengals against the Chiefs or the Rams. Who the hell did the Rams play? Oh my gosh. I'm going to go with, it's either the Rams or the Bengals. I don't think that Bengals game went to overtime, though. So I'm going to go with the Rams, final answer. All right, Marsh, question number three. Who was the first team to defeat the Alabama Crimson Tide last season by the score of 52-49? to That would be the Tennessee Volunteers. Tennessee. Final answer. Tennessee. All right, Andrew, last question. I'm still caught up on that. On that. <clears throat> Are you ready? Yeah. Are you focused? Yeah. Okay, last question. The top three players with the most fantasy points in the NFL last season were quarterbacks. Outside of quarterbacks, which player put up the most fantasy points last season with 372.2? Wow. I know. Um, all right. Outs you said outside of quarterbacks? Yes. Jeez. Um It's gotta be probably a wide receiver based on PPR if this is what we're talking about. We are. Um Damn, I mean I'm just gonna have to use the options. All right. Was it Austin Eckler, Justin Jefferson, 
or Christian McCaffrey? Mm. Austin Eckler had a really good season. Christian McCaffrey always puts up good numbers when he's healthy. Justin Jefferson had a really good year, but there were some weeks where he didn't score points. I mean, he scored points, but he didn't have like a huge game. Um, I'm going to go with just for the sheer fact that Christian McCaffrey, they just give him the ball. He'll put up like 15 points in like one half. I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey. Final answer. That doesn't sound right, though, but whatever. All right. Well, it's final answer. Marsh. I don't feel I don't feel good. Marshy. Yeah. Let's go over these. Yeah, of course. <laughs> look at, look, by the way, look at Anthony's paper. This what numbnut. <laughs> somehow when he tried to rip the pages apart at yeah. the staple, ripped his sheet in half straight nice. down the middle. Like perfect. Nice. Alright, here we go. Uh Mike versus Marsh. <laughs> I don't like this. Question number one. What number has DeAndre Hopkins wore for the entirety of his NFL career? Mike. You went with 10. Uh, Marsh, you went with 10. Correct answer is... It's 10. Both. But... The, both of you have needed the options oh, on that God. one. One time. Anthony, by the way, that was Dirty Pool. Yeah, it was. So the options, Marshy. <laughs> the true options. There was no 16, no, was there? No, there wasn't. It was 10, 20, or 50, and Anthony... 10, 20, or 50? You. Mm-hmm. He scumbagged you because you said I, there's a six, there's well, a one. First of all, I shouldn't be talking like that. I've <laughs> never in my life seen a wide receiver with the number twenty or no. fifty. I didn't do it for Mike. I read off the the options yeah, for you Mike. Did it fine for but Mike. for you, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't going to give you ten, twenty, or fifty as a, as an option. Six. I feel like uh, whatever. Go ahead with your ripped up paper. All right, so one one tie between Mike <laughs> and Marsh. Mine, by the way, no. The last time an NFL playoff game went to overtime was in the 2022 playoffs in the conference championship round. Who won that game? Mike, with the options, you went with the Bengals. Did that game go to overtime? Marsh, with the options, without the options, you said the Rams. Correct answer is... Joe Cool, Cincinnati Bengals. It was the Bengals. (laughs) So Mike has got a 2-1 lead. Unbelievable. I even said what happened and then went against it. You did. I thought you hit that before overtime. really staltered that one. Ish. Who was the first team to defeat the Alabama Crimson Tide last season by the score of 52-49? Mike, without the options, you said Georgia. Marsh, without the options, you said Tennessee. Correct answer is... Tennessee. Marsh didn't need the options on that one, which gives him three points to Mike's two. Three, two. Comes down to this. The top three players with the most fantasy points in the NFL last season were quarterbacks. Outside of quarterbacks, which player put up the most fantasy points last season with 372.2? Mike, with the options, you said Justin Jefferson. Marsh, you said it had to be a receiver. Then you went with a running back. Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> it's totally Justin Jefferson, isn't it? If it's Justin Jefferson, we've got a walk-off. If it's Christian McCaffrey, Marsh is going to win today. Correct answer is... Austin Eckler. 
Mike. You have chosen poorly. You lose. He got you three to two. He won it on that Tennessee question, Mike. Sorry, man. Yeah, it's all good. Thanks for playing. Thanks for listening. No problem. We'll see you guys. All right. Good job. See ya. Yep. See ya. How you feel, Marsh? I feel awful right now. That was really stressful. I don't feel good about the win. I really don't. But you a win look is like a win. You, you look like you don't feel good. I look like I went through it. I, you did. Yeah. You were you were battling yourself that man. entire. Yeah, but the one the one that you got right off the top of your head, I Tennessee. Knew that. That was, I knew that. That was the that was Hinden Hooker game. Yep. And certainly. And that's was. when we were all like, "Wow, Tennessee. Yeah. Great." And then he got and injured. Then, and then they sucked. That's correct. <laughs> That is correct. I think they were number one after that. They were. Yeah. They, they may were. have been the first team to I think they were the first number one when they released the playoffs. The playoff the playoff they were. Uh, the CFP mm-hmm. rankings. Anthony, um, is it too early for compliments and criticisms? No, I don't think it ever mm-hmm. is. All right. This one I don't know, really know what to make of it. If it's advice or a criticism, um, from the nine one three. Where's that? North Carolina. Oh Carolina. Mm. I don't think so. I think it's uh Kennebunkport, Maine. Either way. Says, hello. Love listening to you guys every day. Kansas, by the way. Yeah, that's what I said. There's just one tendency of the hosts of the fast lane that rub me the wrong way. And that is the use of reflective pronouns when the subject and object of the verb are different. They've already lost me at this point. Mm -hmm. But we're going to continue here. Reflective pronouns. Pronouns ending in self should only be used when the subject and object of the sentence are the same. Example, I did it myself. Therefore, when you host the gauntlet, it should be, do you want to take on Jamie, Marsh, or me today? The use of myself in this sense while appearing formal is actually incorrect. Hmm. Like, I have no idea whether they're right or wrong. I'm I mean, just going to take them for the word. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to take them. I mean, they listen every day, so thank I? you for that. And I, I ain't mad. No, it wouldn't be I. No, yeah, you're right. It would be me. But, Anthony, we say a lot I of guess. things that are wrong yeah. on this show. Like, I just said, I ain't mad. Like, that's not proper. No. We'll get it right. Well, then, here, here's another question. Do you start because... You know, let's just say I'm role playing as as Anthony right now, mm-hmm. right? Oh, sorry about that. So if I go, do you want to take on Jamie, Marsh, or me? See that that also sounds a little weird. Wouldn't I say, would you like to take on me, Jamie, or Marsh? Right? That sounds a lot better. Yeah, but you're not supposed to say yourself know, first to... every time. It's supposed to be Why like not? no, you're not. You're supposed it's supposed to be like um, like if I'm going to let's say the bank. Yeah. I can't say me and Anthony are going to the bank. No, you say Anthony Anthony and and I. Anthony and I, yeah. Don't say myself. No, you're right. Now you got me confused. No, but I think that's a different thing, though. Hmm. I got the answer, guys. What's that? We're canceling the gauntlet. That's it. We're getting rid of the gauntlet. Not a bad idea. What? If you want, if you're you're upset with it, blame Kansas. No, stop. They listen every day, Anthony. They're just trying to help we're, you. We are. They saw you rip your page in half like a buffoon, and they realized at that point you need help. Jamie, lots of it. Jamie, last week you said, and I quote, "We're getting rid of soccer talk." Now we we snuck in I didn't one more. Say that. So we're getting rid of soccer talk, that, and we're yeah. getting rid of the gauntlet. You hmm. can think unbelievable. No, you can thank the no. text line, and you can thank Kansas Can- for both what? of those. Yeah. Will we see any staff changes uh, at the break? That's next on 101 ESPN. 
We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So I know a lot of fans, Cardinals fans, and also some in the media have talked about how Mike Matheny was fired a couple of years ago at the at the All-Star break. I think he was fired the day maybe the day before the last game of the season, and that's when Mike Schilt took over. Well, the people that have mentioned that have talked about the comments that Bill DeWitt made and how it was basically it wasn't acceptable in this market to have a losing team or a team right around 500 and they've, they've said okay well now what do you think that they make any sort of staff changes the yankees just fired their hitting coach do you think the cardinals follow suit with any sort of staff changes so that, I don't. that yankees firing that seems like it's a weird situation everybody's acting like i don't know like they're like cashman has never fired anybody mid-season like mm-hmm. what the hell did this guy do like I feel like there's something more happened here. He heard Aaron Aaron uh, Judge, or like maybe he was like, I don't know his behavior or his conduct. I, I'm just throwing things. It's just weird that that would be the one guy that you decide like now I'm gonna fire a guy. Right. Anyways, yeah. uh, that's the Yankees. I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, Mr. Stalter, your dad. Yeah, he's a big. He's Yankees. a huge Yankees fan. I know. Yep. And I apologize. And he just for that. completely. I did, but I crapped in his Cheerios. I, I did, but at the same time, I was one hundred percent honest because I really don't care about the Yankees. That's fair. So, um, as far as the Car- Cardinals are concerned with their staffing, I don't see any changes. Not now. Maybe following the season. Mm-hmm. Mostly because I just don't know how much it could change. Because from an organizational standpoint. If you're talking about the hitting coach, your philosophy is roughly the same as it was under Jeff Albert. Mm-hmm. So you you parted ways with Jeff Albert, or he left, or whatever the hell happened. It doesn't matter to me. But you, you haven't revamped everything. And I feel like if you did bring somebody new in, like ultimately what changes? You're not going back to see ball, hit ball. You're not. You're just not. I mean, the, the, nobody in the league is doing that. Mm-hmm. Can you trust your instincts a little more? Can the the language used to explain certain things be different? Of course. You can always have a different voice with a different way of communicating the information. But then from an organizational standpoint, you can't revamp the whole thing. They've spent a lot of money putting all of this stuff in place. Yeah. So, and as far as like, let's say it's Dusty Blake... You're about to trade a bunch of pitchers anyways, and you're like, is now the time? Mm-hmm. Like, eh. Did you give Did you give him enough, too? Because that would be my question. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and you can ask him... the same thing to Ali Marmel. I know, I know a lot of Cardinals fans want to see Ali go. Okay. Is this a good team? Did you give him a good team? Because if, if you fire Ali, in part, I'm not saying the two things can't be mutually exclusive, but... If you fire Ollie, in part you're saying that the players are fine. You've got it. You've got a good team. He wasn't getting the most out of them. Again, both things can be true. Mm-hmm. But I don't. Th- I I don't think this is a good team. Yeah, I know what you're saying. 
I get what you're saying, especially in the in the scenario of Dusty Blake, to where, you know, the pitchers just weren't executing at all at the mm-hmm. start of the season, and they've been inconsistent all over the place. And you need to say, well, maybe he's the problem. I mean, maybe, but when you when you call for a slider down and away, and the catcher lines up down and away, and you pitch that thing right down the middle of the strike zone, and you get rocked. I don't know if it's the pitching coach's fault. It's a you problem. You know, and we've had we had Izzy on here, Jason Isringhausen, what last week, mm-hmm. and he said that uh, at the end of the day, it, it boils down to the pitcher. He's the last stop, meaning he's got to make the pitch. Yep. Doesn't matter what you call, where you where you ask for it, he's got to make the pitch. And if he doesn't make the pitch, then this is why you end up with you know uh, crooked numbers up there for the opposition. So philosophically, are you really going to change everything mid-season if you if you go with a different pitching coach? Like I just don't know. Yeah. I feel like baseball, in some ways, is a lot like football, to where you almost have to wait till the off season to make changes because there's a lot of things that go into making a change. The only the only way the only way the Cardinals make a make a move like that would be if they're going to bring in Joe Madden, and they're not going to do that. So the manager would be the only move yeah. you make. I agree. And I mean, right now, you, you've talked to Joe Madden. He he wants to be here. You want him here. And then you make that move, and you do it quickly. Other than that, you could replace Ollie with Stubby Clab. You go that. You go. You could go that route. I just don't. I don't think one. Why I don't think the Cardinals. Are, I don't think the Cardinals are gonna are gonna make any moves at the at the All Star break. I don't think that. I, I realize what Dewitt said. You're also talking about a manager in Mike Matheny that things just got steadily worse. We're in year we're in year what? Two for Ollie? Yeah. I know things have been terrible. I know that you set that standard, but it's it's still not comparing apples to apples. I unless you're gonna bring in a veteran manager, which Moe's not gonna do, then I don't see any changes coming. So why with would Moe not do that? Because Moe wants you know. He wants control. Yeah. I'm doing the puppet. Well, thing. then, from an organization, honestly, then if you're an organization, you're looking at that. Like maybe you got to fire Mo. Like I'm, I'm being honest. I know you just gave him a contract extension, but if the team is underperforming in several areas and he's the guy that's the puppet master, mm-hmm. then why are you looking at Ollie? I think that, um, like, he's the fall guy for it. But if I'm the owner of the team, yeah, and I know how this is all working, or how, like, and I see Ollie, that's like. You know, struggling to stay above the water, and and he's not getting help, or they just keep going with the same stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm not firing Ollie; I'm firing the guy who put it all in place. Yeah, but he's got a fall guy, so be Gersh. You got it. Gersh would probably be yeah. the the fall guy. Yeah. <laughs> Fix the problem. So, Don't you think not having? Which I think is unfair too. I Michael Gersh is the guy that gets no credit for anything that really happens in a positive way, mm-hmm. yet when things go sideways, everybody's like, well, where the hell's Gersh? What does he do? I don't even think people are saying that. That guy's not real! <laughs> that's the lady that's, on the plane. I think that's more... That's more... Jamie, yeah, you, J- saw that. Jamie you're... <laughs> saw that I'm Twitter. frustrated right now. Jamie, you're right, at, at, but I think the problem starts all the way at the top. How many times are we going to complain about the, the Cardinals not opening up you know, Moe's not signing the right guys, which he hasn't. But at what point do you do you give your your president of baseball operations more spending power? Well, one, I, I'm sure more payroll would be fine. 
But selecting the right people to pay the money to would be a better idea. I'm with you. And I think that the DeWitts haven't had a, a reason to fire Mo. Mm-hmm. They haven't. Business-wise, the business model of being competitive every year and just getting in the playoffs has made them a lot of money. So until you get hit in the bank account, you don't necessarily have a reason to change. I think they're probably seriously evaluating everything from top to bottom at this mm-hmm. point. When the team under underperforming as bad as they are, this is the first time under John Mosellock's tenure where they kind of have to look at him yeah, as well right, as other options. So if the DeWitts are going to go and fire a manager again or a hitting coach or this or that, at some point you got to go, wait a minute, what's the one thing that has been constant that now looks like has no idea what he's doing? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's what I would Gersh. start looking. No, no. <laughs> Fred Bird. Yeah. We already got rid of Fred Bird. And we tried. I'll do it again, too. All right. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Are the Blues built to compete this season? We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Marsh, I know you had a thought on the Blues and whether or not they're they're built to compete for next year. Yeah, so I saw this article by Stephen Ground, part of the Hockey Writers, and he broke the Blues down into basically three parts of their roster. Of course, you have your forwards, your goaltending, and the defense. And we've talked about the defense multiple times, you know, since the season ended. We even touched on them earlier today. Uh, But I wanted to go over some of the different... Uh, like categories, I guess, based on the good, the bad, and the ugly, except for there's no good. It's the adequate, and that's the deep forward core that the Blues have. And, you know, I wanted to, to touch on that aspect as we look at the forwards and some of the new guys that Doug Armstrong brought in. One thing that I found interesting was the goaltending, which is the bad. And he cites that, you know, Blues fans like to overlook Jordan Bennington's struggles, blaming the team's goals against Woe solely on the defense, which I feel like a lot of us have. We'll, we'll defend Jordan Bennington. Uh, he said that's not the realistic picture. Me personally, I think the goaltending. This upcoming year will be fine. I think Jordan Bennington will be fine. And of course, you're adding Joel Hofer as well. And then, of course, the ugly is the defensive disaster. Uh, and I just wanted to ask you guys if you think that last year was an outlier for not only the defense, but as the team as a whole. And will things change based on the new coaching staff and the new systems that are being in place? And will this team be competitive enough to make a playoff push? Yeah, so... <sighs> A lot to unpack. Um, yeah, I think this team can be competitive to make a playoff push, to get into the playoffs. I think that we have to remember here that nowhere did Doug Armstrong say that this is going to be a Stanley Cup contender. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, we've, got, we've got some work to do here. He was eyeballing this offseason, um, and then he also said that the following summer would be a huge one as well for the team. And I know what he's doing there. He, he, he's rebuilding, retooling this team on the fly. And then next year he gets a bigger pool of free agent money because the cap's going to go up. So smart planning by Doug Armstrong. So if we start with the goaltenders, 
I don't know how this guy can possibly uh, cite the goaltending as the ugly or the bad. I, I, I don't know how you do that. Did Jordan Bennington have his greatest season ever last year? No. But I can tell you what, there's some games where without Jordan Bennington, one, he stole games for you at times, and two, some of these games would have been absolute blowouts if it wasn't for Jordan Bennington. So let's say he gave up four goals in a game, but the other team had 15 high-danger chances. Like, let's isolate that. So Sometimes here what I don't like about these breakdowns is they cherry-pick stats or the goals against or the save percentage. And, and it's like, it doesn't always tell the true story. Mm-hmm. Like, what's Jordan Bennington going to do when there's a guy that's wide open behind him with an open net and nobody's covering that player and the puck goes from one side to the other and the guy taps it in to an, open, an empty net? And to your point, the Blues had the sixth most high-danger chances against at 5-on-5. Five five. Yeah. So I'm going to respectfully disagree with this individual and if Jordan Bennington isn't great, you have Joel Hofer. This is this is reminiscent for me of Huso and Bennington. How they kind of, you know, went back and forth throughout the season and ultimately who did you end up with between the pipes? Bennington. At what point? The playoffs. The playoffs. And he was outstanding. He was so freaking good that there are people out there that believe in I'm even kind of in that category <laughs> that the Blues could have upset the Colorado Avalanche had he not gotten hurt. People in the Avalanche organization that I've talked to feel that way. McKinnon, so McKinnon, Nathan McKinnon, no, no, I'm not talking. Stan Kroenke, higher than that. The guy's oh. name is Joe Sackick. Mm. Yep, he was like, yeah, he's like, it was unfortunate for Jordan Bennington. But that guy all could have maybe stole that series. That's why we went out and got Nazem Kadri. Yeah, we we That's took why care we of signed that. Him. Um, so you know, and then the forward group, it's tough. It's tough when you're coming off a season where you lost David Perron before the season started. You had to trade Ryan O'Reilly. You traded Vladimir Tarasenko. And you traded Ivan Barbashev. You traded Nolachari. It's hard to fill in all the void with that. But you also picked up some good pieces. In Verona, Kapanen, Sammy Blay, and now Kevin Hayes. And I don't think Army's done. I think there's a depth piece left to get. I understand you got Mackenzie McEachern too. There's some depth there. I still am going to keep pushing for Oscar Sundquist. But that forward group can be competitive. And especially if Thomas and Kairou take those next steps, if they become the elite scorers and they go from 70 to 80 points to 90 or 100, that can be a difference maker. The elephant in the room, which is not really the elephant in the room, is the decor. Can they bounce back? They have to, for one thing. Are they as bad as they were last year? I don't believe that to be true. I think last year was an outlier defensively for the entire defensive core. I think that they have a lot of work to do, but I do believe that that defensive core going into this season will be a lot better and will provide better defense for the Blues overall. So I I think I, I'm leaning towards the Blues competing for a playoff spot.
Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Katie Wu of The Athletic was on with BK and Ferrario. It's it was it's actually uh, Alex Ferrario and Tanner this week as BK, Brandon Kylie, and his wife Kara celebrating the birth of their son Luca a couple of days ago. So uh, BK taking some time off to to be with the their newborn, which is great. Congratulations to the uh, to to the Kylie family, uh, but. When Katie was on today with Alex and T-Bone, she said something that made me just, I was infuriated. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's good, guys? So, after we've had this devastating first half of the season, I absolutely can't believe the words I heard come out of Katie Wu's mouth during BK and Ferrario. The fact the Cardinals are even possibly considering being buyers this season? (laughs) It makes no sense. Like, what? What? You're 14 games below 500, 11 and a half games behind the Reds. What kind of evaluation is that? What are you telling the fan base? Devin, you and I, I hope I'm using that right, are in lockstep. You and I are in lockstep. Let's first play what Katie Wu said. It's not, this isn't uh, about what Katie like Katie's thoughts were just what she what she's echoing about the Cardinals so this is Katie Wu of the Athletic earlier today on BK and Ferrari hosted by Alex Ferrario and T-Bone this is what Katie Wu said when they were at when she was asked whether or not the Cardinals will be buyers or sellers at the deadline I do not think the Cardinals have fully convinced themselves that they should be sellers because of the division. And to me, that's a mistake. I'm not advocating to just give up and stop trying, but I think there is a way to salvage the rest of the season and punt on the next two months so they can set themselves up to contend in 2024. Look, when you look at this roster, it's clear they should not be underperforming this much. I'm not talking about the pitching necessarily, but the roster overall. They have the pieces they can. They need to be competitive. It's just a, a matter of finding where they fit. And right now, there's a bunch of positional log jams. We've talked about the outfield. We talk about the middle infield. That's maybe complicating the matters a bit in terms of roster production. We know the Cardinals need pitching help, both from a rotation standpoint and from a bullpen standpoint. The Cardinals could utilize some of those pieces to get that pitching help or at least get a jump start on it. But because of the division and because it's not very competitive, even though the record does not suggest this should be feasible at all, I can still see the Cardinals trying to avoid a full sell at the trade deadline. So I want to isolate what she said at the start and what she said at the end there. And Katie, the the part in the middle is 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 what I agree. Katie, you know, I think we're all on the same page with this. How could you not understand where you are? Not just in the standings, but where you are as an organization right now, Jamie. How could you not understand that you got to this point 
by the missteps that you took in previous years. This is not an isolated season. Nothing is for that matter. You win a World Series, it's because you were building up to it. You had you you were putting the right right pieces together. Sure, are there times where a team comes out of nowhere? Yes. But then that team winds up usually as a contender in in following years. The Texas Rangers did not win in 11. But they're there in 10. It was it was a culmination of them putting the right pieces together. The San Francisco Giants shocked everybody in 2010 by winning it all. They were not supposed to win. They weren't supposed to make the playoffs. It was an unbelievable run. They also won it in 12 and 14 because of what they were doing beforehand. It works the the opposite way, too. You don't build a successful pitching staff. You don't cultivate that talent within an, with, within your farm system and then utilize that talent as opposed to trading it all to Miami, this is what happens. They've had enough missteps along the way with their pitching staff that the bottom fell out. This is not a one-off. And if they don't sell at the deadline, I th- in my opinion, Jamie, maybe, maybe you think otherwise, but in my opinion, if they don't sell at the deadline, it will be a grave mistake that will have there will be repercussions for years to follow that's my prediction where are you guys yeah so look the cardinals i even though the division is not good which i, I at this point i'd actually kind of push back on that a little bit yeah, Reds are the nine Reds games. The Reds are what, 10 games over 500? They're nine games above 500. The Brewers are seven games above 500. So the division's better than it's getting credit for right now. And if the Cardinals front office still looks at it as, wow, this division's weak, we can still make a push. I mean, I, I think that right there is a mistake. Mm-hmm. And to follow that up, e- even if you want to add at the deadline, even if you're a buyer and you think, poof, we can, we can do this, we can – we can make a push. You still have to be a seller. Like Doug Armstrong, and, and again, it's not that Army is the best GM in the league. Where I, I use Army so that it's a, a comparable that everybody can kind of understand. Army was a seller. He sold off. He got rid of all of the unrestricted free agents, and he got something in return. In the meantime, though, he also was a buyer. Because he picked up Sammy Blay, he mm. picked up Casperi Cap, and he picked up Jacob Verana. So he did both. Now, that didn't make a difference. They weren't going to make the playoffs. But I'm I'm talking about that model because I feel like the Cardinals can do the same thing. I agree. To where, you know, you, you trade Montgomery, Flaherty, um, you know, DeYoung, whatever you're doing. But at the same time, you can acquire pieces to help your ball club for the now and the tomorrow. I think that's the strategy the Cardinals have to have is if they get closer. At 11 and a half games back, there's absolutely no question that you're just a seller. I don't even care what I get back at that point as far as a a player that can help me right now. I don't Mm -hmm. care about that. If I can get back a player that uh, helps me for this year and years to come, great. He's in the deal. I'm in. But I don't care about winning this division right now. Right. You know, and understand what I'm saying. I care, but 
I'm not. That's like, not. It can't be the objective not, when you're 12 and a half, 11 and a half games back. Yeah, I'm not pushing all of my chips in the middle of the table. Going, boy, I sure think this uh, this two nine offsuit's going to work for me here. No, right? No, you you're building towards next season. Mm-hmm. Even if a player can help you this year, the purpose of it is for next season and yep. beyond. This pitching staff needs a lot of help. I don't even know how John Mosellock is going to address this at the deadline. You got Adam Wainwright right now who's injured. And then on top of that, you don't know what you're going to get from Adam Wainwright this year. It's been a tough year, bottom line. That's just black and white. It's been a tough year. Steven Matz had a good game last game, but you don't know what you've got there. You're going to have to trade, in my opinion, Monty and Flaherty. So that's another two spots. So that's four pitchers now that probably that are question marks for you. Michaelis is the only guy, and I think that's it, the only steady guy right now that you're going to keep. Yeah. So you talk about Monty, you talk about, the, but you're not keeping those guys. Right. So what the hell is Mosellock going to do at the deadline here? He has to go and acquire like four pitchers. So the smart move, in my opinion, is you make a couple of moves, you get some young prospect type pitchers, and then you go do your John Lester J Hap moves. You go do those. That's why I said Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly, you know, just kind of like, oh, yeah, go get Lance Lynn. Go get him, bring him in. Who cares? Who cares? And if he wants to re-up with your team next year, he can be an effective four or five in your rotation. But at least you have a pitcher. You're going to have to close out this season somehow. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know how you even fix this this year. So trying to be a buyer, to me, would be a whole other level of insanity. All right, we're, we're up against it, but I want to get into it because, Marsh, I know you got thoughts on it too. I, I've got even more thoughts on, on, on this as well. So let, let's, let's carry this over. Uh, we're reacting off of what Katie Wu had told Alex and T-Bone today about how she's not convinced that the Cardinals know if they're whether or not they're a, a buyer or seller yet at the deadline, which is just, I mean, befuddling to say the least. So let's carry this over. We'll talk. We'll continue to talk about this next on One Hundred and One ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on One Hundred and One ESPN. the conversation that BK and Ferrario, Alex in this case, Alex and T-Bone had with Katie Wu of The Athletic earlier today on BK and Ferrario with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh and Anthony Stalter. 502 Your Time Check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. And Katie said I- I'm not convinced, and I'm paraphrasing I'm not convinced that the Cardinals know which direction they're going in. They they're, they're, they might still have some hope that they can get back in the division all that, which is just it flabbergasted, I think, all of us here in the studio. And, Marsh, I'm, I'm interested in your thoughts as well. Uh, we, we did get a text because we were talking about trading Montgomery. We got a text from somebody who said, why would you trade Montgomery when you need pitching? Because Montgomery's on an expiring contract and you don't know if you're going to be able to resign him. That's why. And it's, it's as simple as that. Now, if Montgomery says, I'm going to resign with you, then you open up conversations about, about a deal. But I think that Montgomery is going to price himself out of this market. I don't know if he wants to return. I don't I don't have any inside knowledge from him specifically, but I, I know that he was very fond of the Yankees organization, and the Yankees always need pitching. They traded him for Harrison Bader, who's now cleanup hitter for them, by the way. 
and <laughs> which <laughs> kind of goes to show you the Yankee Bader's a fine player. He shouldn't be hitting cleanup for the Yankees. Uh, but that's why that guy got fired. Yeah, probably. Then Jamie's referring to the Yankees hitting coach. But Montgomery, you don't know if you're going to resign him. Trading him now to get something in return is the only option. It's a, it's how I feel about Flaherty. Somebody's going to give you a prospect for Flaherty. And somebody's probably going to give you a, maybe not a major league ready player. Let me state this. They're probably not going to give you a major league player in return for Flaherty. But what if it's somebody like a the status of Libertor, not Libertor, yeah, yeah. who has struggled, but somebody that is on the cusp of being a big leaguer, somebody that you could probably put in your rotation for the second half. I like your idea, Jamie, of doing both at the deadline, selling what you have, but buying on the future. Mm-hmm. So in other words... Selling on Jordan Montgomery expiring contract, Jack Flaherty expiring contract, Jordan Hicks, same idea. You don't know if you're going to be able to re-sign Jordan Hicks. Selling on on those guys to bring in cost-controlled talent. This is where John Mozeliak has got to strike while the iron's hot. He hasn't been in this spot before. You, The only advantage to being 38-52 and 52 in a crap team is selling at the deadline. And if they're worried, and I don't know if this is the case, guys, but if the Cardinals front office, Mo, DeWitt, Gersh, everybody else, if they are concerned that the fan base will see them waving the white flag on this year and not do anything because they're fearful mm-hmm. that the fans will be upset, then shame on them. This fan base will understand... If you're, if you're saying to them, we blanked up. We blanked up. This is our first opportunity to start fixing this mess. We can't do it in one trade deadline, but we're going to start. They'll understand. If you do nothing outside of adding Rich Hill and saying, well, we're not out of this, then that's an, that's an insult to your fan base. You're insulting your fan base. They'll understand. <laughs> If you acquire a couple of four, I'll call them the 4A pitchers, but 4A with upside, okay? Like a Yuri Perez. Exactly. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Who dominated your face hole last week. Hmm. Hey, we still beat him, though. You got lucky, Marsh. Yeah, he did go six innings, three hits, how, one or How many Ks? Give me the case. Seven. Yeah, about seven Ks. Yeah. yeah, and he was shipped out, too. He went back he down. Went, so he's to a perfect AAA. example of what you're talking about. Exactly. Thank you. So you get you get one or two four A players, you trade to Young, you bring up Mason Wynn, and then you turn around to Libertor and said, "Hey, buddy, we like you. We like you a lot. Obviously, we traded you for somebody who's going to play in the All Star game tomorrow. We like you though. Earn your earn your spot for next year. We're going to let you go. We're going to give you we're going to give you the runway here. You're going to be in a rotation for the for the second half, but you're going to earn your spot for next year. If not." then I hope you like Memphis because you'll probably be stuck there for a while. That's what I would do. Your fan base might be interested in a younger rotation, Mason Wynn playing shortstop, Jordan Walker playing every day, 
and Matthew Libertor given given the full hey buddy you got you got to earn this for next year. That's that's my thoughts. So Marsha, we haven't had your thoughts on mm. this yet. Well, going back to the the whole Katie Wu, you know uh, what she was saying about the team thinking that they can still win this division. I just want to know what planet that thought process is coming from. I want to know how serious that is. Like, Katie Wu just doesn't say things. Right, right. Like, she's really good at her job. For sure. And for her to say that she's not sure the Cardinals will be sellers yet, they might be buyers, somebody has told her something. That person is insane. I don't, like, the Reds have been unbelievable since Ellie De La Cruz came up. The record speaks for itself. Like, he has brought a jolt of energy into that team, and they've been playing good ball. The question is, oh, can their pitching hold up? Well, hello? You think you want to be the buyers? They're going to be buying, too. They're going to be buying pitching at the deadline if they believe they can win the division. And I feel like other teams that are above you, if they feel the same way, are probably going to buy as well. So on what Absolutely. on what planet do you get better if other teams are also getting better? Right. Atlanta's going to buy. Miami might buy. Atlanta Philadelphia need to buy. Philadelphia's going to buy. Cincinnati's going to buy. Milwaukee's probably going to sell and still compete. That's just that's just what Milwaukee does. Mm-hmm. The Dodgers are going to buy. Maybe the Diamondbacks buy. The Giants might buy. And the Padres have got to go all in because they're. I mean, they're the Marlins they're pot might committed. buy. Right, I mentioned them. Did uh, you? Yeah, that's right. Texas, Texas might buy. Houston is probably going to buy. Seattle might buy. The Angels they might have to buy too because this could be the last opportunity for them to the, keep Shohei. Oakland has been picked over. Oakland's going to sell. Nobody's buying that. That's, that's, well, they a, that's, any, that's, yeah. gonna, that's a crap team. <laughs> that could we, be us. We already got the possum. So, I mean, good luck yeah. getting anything else. We it. could be the Oakland A's. Boston might sell. Uh, Kansas City's got nothing. Chicago Chicago be an interesting seller. My point is, you don't have a lot of sellers at the deadline. You would put yourself in an advantageous spot. You might say to yourself right now as a Cardinals fan, well, what are you going to get for Jack Flaherty? A lot more than you think, dude. A lot more than you think, because people, the teams get get crazy at the deadline. Well, the Dodgers right now would certainly uh, trade for Jack Flaherty. They've Absolutely. got some injuries in their rotation. And uh, Anthony, yeah. I prefer you don't ever touch my mic, okay? Ever. Thank you. Just trying to help before you yeah. get electrocuted again. Yeah. Marsh and I are sick of you. I'd rather be electrocuted last week than yeah. you touching my mic. That's fine. All right. Okay. Understood. The Dodgers would. Uh, <laughs> Jamie a Certainly times look to week. acquire Jack Flaherty right now. They've got injuries. 121 gigawatts. And Jack Flaherty, <laughs> I'm just going to power through this. And Jack Flaherty wouldn't have to be a number one or a number two or a number three with the Dodgers. So you could look at that avenue. I think overall, the what the Cardinals have to remember here is I think the fan base would be understanding. I, I think that if the Cardinals just came out with the press conference and just said, hey, look, or maybe not even a press conference, just identifying that they need to make some moves. The fan base would be more or less forgiving knowing that there's a sense of direction. And they would still show up, and they would cheer on the guys that are here, and they would cheer on the call-ups and the young pitchers. Whoever they put out there, they would support them because that's what Cardinals fans do. They might they won't be happy with losses, but at least they'll understand what the process is here. Mm. And that way there your fan base can get behind what you're doing. What's going on right now is everybody's fearful that the, the that the Cardinals don't know what the hell they're doing. 
that they're going to try and push to get this division and like make mistakes or the uncertainty. I don't know what the hell they're doing. I think a lot of that goes away if you're just kind of open about what the process might be. Like Army was open about the process. He didn't get fleeced at the deadline. Right. So it's not like, oh, the teams are going to fleece him. No, teams are still going to want players. And if you have that player, you have the ability to make a trade. So, I don't know. I think I think sometimes being more transparent, not mm-hmm. not complete transparency because that just sewers your your strategies. Yeah. But just some transparency. Just be direct. Helps the process here. Right. Just be direct. Yeah. At the deadline, you you have a little wrap up, right? Hey, what, what? How'd you do at the deadline this year? What was what was the direction? Well, you know what? We traded guy. We hate to see hate to see these guys go. We thought we'd be competing for a division, but the, these are players that were we didn't know if we were going to be able to resign. We can't take that risk. They're, they essentially became assets that we traded for cost controlled uh, players, and we need to fix this pitching staff. We're also calling up Mason Wynn. Mason Wynn's going to be a part of our, our club here in the second half. So yeah, and people will be excited for that. And will he make mistakes? Yes. Will yeah. he be inconsistent? Absolutely. Right. But people will be excited for it. Mm-hmm. And if anybody asks, well, what are you telling Nolan Arenado, who also, you know, he left in, I heard this yesterday from somebody. Uh, well, what are you telling Arenado? This is why he left Colorado. Hey, Nolan, you haven't done much winning, pal. I'm sorry. Do you, have a, you haven't you won anything. You had a chance to opt out. You didn't. If, <laughs> sucker. Sucker. We got you. <laughs> no, but you had, you had your opportunity, right? No, no, let me rephrase here. We're trying to win with him. This wasn't working. So what if you just trade Arenado and get all the pitching you need? Well, you got somebody else on the other corner that you might trade him too. Trade a ball. No. You know what I think of you? Let me tell you. <laughs> I just on. traded you. Honey, get my drink. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fast lane on 101 at ESPN, and we've got what's trending next. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a half price Cardinals ticket voucher. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, I'm Andrew Marsh, and it is time for What's Trending. Guys, over the weekend, Jordan Montgomery injured on Friday. He's pitching, he's dealing four and a third before he had to be taken out of the game. We talked about the, the, the cards potentially maybe not being sellers. We just had that conversation. Uh, how does his injury affect what the cards do at the deadline? Well, hopefully he's okay and that he'll be good to go at the trade deadline or else outside of maybe Jordan Hicks that he's the guy that could fetch you the most. Because some team's going to pony up for Jordan Hicks if they need a closer. They'll look at that. They'll look at the 104, look at his track record recently, and they'll, they'll give up. They'll give up something significant for Hicks. But Montgomery is the other guy that could fetch you a decent amount. And I wouldn't be shocked if Flaherty, if, if this team has the Huevos Rancheros to trade Flaherty, I think Flaherty can fetch you something too. But obviously, the guy's got to be healthy. So hopefully the MRI that comes back on his hamstring, he being Jordan Montgomery, comes back clean. 
Yeah. yeah, this is huge. It really is. What do we have to the trade deadline? A couple weeks? August 1st is the deadline. Yeah, so two and a half weeks-ish, yeah. mm-hmm. somewhere in there. If Jordan Montgomery is still on the IL come the trade deadline, I mean, you're blanked. Nobody's trading for an injured pitcher. You can say, oh, they traded for Harrison Bader last year. Yeah, nobody's trading for an injured pitcher. Uh, nobody's tra- trading for an injured pitcher that's on an expiring contract. Correct. Yeah, if he'd like three more years on his deal or yeah. whatever. But like Bader, acquiring Bader, you knew you were going to have him beyond last season. Yeah. But a pitcher still is very different. And so this injury, uh, not that it's a game changer, but could be. When it comes to when it comes to John Mozeliak's deadline deals, because a healthy Jordan Montgomery, I think certainly gets you quite a few pieces in return. An injured Montgomery gets you nothing. Mm-hmm. It gets you a compensation pick at the end of the year when he leaves <laughs> via free agency. Right. So yeah, this is kind of a big deal. Guys, we had this conversation earlier today on the Balloon Producers Party talking about the Home Run Derby. So I wanted to toss it to you guys. Do you think the Home Run Derby is the best thing in sports when it comes to All-Star Game festivities? Do you think it's better than the Slam Dunk Contest? Oh, yeah. The I NHL do. Skills Competition? Yeah, the NHL Skills Competition is a joke this year. They had so many dumb events and stupid stuff. You didn't like when they were shooting at surfboards? Yeah, that was dumb. <laughs> it was dumb. Flat out. I do. I, th- I think the Home Run Derby is the best skills competition around. Yeah, I mean... I like the format. It's equivalent to the slap shot contest for the NHL. Like mm-hmm. that's that's the big contest. Everybody tunes in to see who has the hardest slap shot. Well, you know, a comparable to that is who can hit the ball out of the park the most. And so you got the home run derby. Uh, yeah, I think it is by far the best one. I guess basketball. You could would you consider it to be comparable to the dunk contest or the three point shot? No, if it's your, you've got to go with your biggest one. So it's got to be the dunk. The dunk? Yeah, yeah. I would say the dunk. Like your, 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 what am I looking for right now? Your marquee event? Yes, that's mm-hmm. the one. I was thinking, I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> you can call it. that thing. What do you call that thing? That's a marquee. The bowl? The cup? Stanley Cup? Yeah. I find it interesting, though, because like the dunk contest has a bunch of no name guys in it. Like it's completely changed. From what it used to be, it used to be you know Michael yeah, Jordan, Marquee. Vince Carter, even right. Dwight Howard when he was jumping over, you know mascots. You had yeah. Blake Griffin jumping over cars, and now you have some dude that was in the G League, right? That played like a game, which is a great story, great for him. Yeah, but but come on, yeah, I'm yeah. not tuning into that. It's supposed to be the All Star game. Yeah, it's supposed to be stars. It's supposed to highlight these players it's tough though I, I was listening to the i think it was the mlb network mlb network radio talking about whether or not ellie de la cruz should be at the all-star game Hell and yeah, he should and he hasn't he ha- he doesn't necessarily have the numbers over the first half because he was called up midway through god i'd have him there but he's a star yeah he is. and you want to you want to make sure it, it's one of those things where it says you yeah. want to you want to show off your talent but at the same time you also want to reward the players that had good first halves. So it's kind of a, it's an interesting dilemma. But for me, I mean, you got to market your game. 
I mean, and let, one way to do that would would be to have that kid there. Let's get rid of the. Uh, let's get rid of the. Uh, okay, this guy has to go because his team stinks, but he right. needs a representative. Yeah. Well, no, no, you your don't. team stinks. Right? Who cares if you're there? Are you talking about Nolan Arnado? No, or, okay. I'm speaking of other teams. Nolan Arnado probably deserves. You're talking to be about the Cardinals because they're the worst. They're one of the worst. Teams I mean, I mean, you could you could throw them in. Like, there's no way that anybody on the Oakland A's should be in the All Star game. <gasps> Other than who is the rep? I don't year? know. I don't even know. Is it Brent Rooker? The possum. No, he's, <laughs> no, he's, he's not, not. In the organization anymore. <laughs> Anthony lost him too. He can't find him. I can't find him. There's no where he's at. Unbelievable. Uh, I am interested now. Who is Oakland's rep- representative? My guess it's either Brent Rooker or I have no idea. I don't even know enough of their Ryan players. Noda. <laughs> Or, oh, Seth Brown, maybe. Maybe it's Seth Brown. That would make sense. Huh. I don't I'm think checking it's, right now. I don't think it's, it's Tony Brent Kemp. Rooker. Is it Brent Rooker? Yeah. About the only guy I'd trade for. Last year, they had Paul Blackburn. Okay. 2021. Man, this, this team is such a minor league team. <laughs> a feeder. Chris Bassett. Okay. Matt Olson. Okay, no, hold on. Go, go back. I'm gonna go down. So, I'm gonna you, I'm gonna read some of these names. Like, wow, those, that guy's not there anymore. List, list those players. Let's okay. do this. So we have uh, we'll start s- start we'll again. S- All right, 2022, Paul Blackburn still still there. 2021, Chris Bassett, Toronto Blue Jays, Matt Olson, Braves. 2020, no game, COVID uh, 19. 20, 2019, Matt Chapman, Blue Jays, Liam Hendricks. Uh, he's in the, the White, White Sox. Sox. Yep. 2018, Jed Lowry. He was with Boston for a while. Uh, I don't know where he's now. Blake Trinan. Trinan is with San Diego. 2017, Yonder Alonzo. I don't even know if he's in the league anymore. Oh, he's with the Dodgers. Blake Trinan. Are we still talking about the A's here right now? Yeah. Yeah. Enough. Enough, guys. Okay. All right. Move along. Bring up something that Jamie wants to talk about. No, just anything. So else. in 2014, the athletics. Uh, actually, let me read. That's 2014. the point. Exactly. You missed the whole point. No, I didn't. Oh, you're over there sleeping. No, you nailed it, Anthony. You nailed. The no, point. you nailed it, Jamie. Fine. Andrew, Go ahead, continue. Mark. I just wouldn't, I wanted to point out their 2014 uh, All Stars. 2014, they had Ioannis Cespedes, Josh Donaldson, Sean Doolittle. Scott Casimir, Brandon Moss, former Cardinal, Derek Norris, and Jeff Samarja. Jeff Samarja was a good uh, wide receiver for yeah. the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Mm-hmm. Speaking of a football team near that school, Uh-oh. Anthony, uh, not Ooh. some not good news coming out of Northwestern. No, no, not at all. If you've been following this this story, Pat Fitzgerald, the well-respected Pat Fitzgerald. Suspended for two games because of a hazing incident involving a couple of uh, former players that did not go on the record. But Northwestern is actually reconsidering the penalty as they continue this investigation. Adam Rittenberg of ESPN has has been all over this, but one of the recent reports has been that uh, they had hazing involving a whiteboard that was in the middle of their locker room that had all the players' names on it that they were facing punishment. And some of the punishments included uh, naked bear crawls, naked, I don't know, some of the slingshot. I don't, I don't really know what that is, nor do I want to know what that is. There was a, 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 deep, like a, a deeper report that included 
players that were forced to be naked and like beaten in a closet. I mean, just all sorts of like nasty allegations toward the Northwestern football program. And of course, whether Pat Fitzgerald knew everything that was going on, some of what was going on, Jamie, he he's he's the the face of the of, of that program. So he's going to be disciplined. And I wouldn't be shocked if he got further punishment than just the two games. The guy's an idiot. On... Guy's a friggin' idiot. Bottom line. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm not even joking. You people send their kids away to college to one, hopefully pursue a dream to play in the NFL one day. Two, to get an education or in reverse education, play football, whatever. I don't care what order you put them in. Yeah. And three, you're trusting them in the hands of another adult that's supposed to be out there looking out for them because when they recruit these players boy they paint a real good picture yeah you're right shame on this ass seriously Mm -hmm. like uh, i told you guys before the show i've never believed in the rookie hazing or the freshman hazing i never believed it ever i was lucky that as a junior hockey player uh, the the veterans that we had on our team were were good but then following that like years after when i was a veteran we just didn't have it We'll have a party. We have something with, that actually makes people happy to be right. there. Whether it's a veteran player or a rookie or a freshman or a senior. And, and when you're the coach, buddy, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Well, it's tradition. Oh, it is, is it? How about it's, I just kick you dumb. in the balls? Is that tradition? Nope, I just started a new one. Yeah. Like, I, I just don't get it. I, it actually makes me really angry. Mm-hmm. Because I've got two 19-year-old boys, and if they were off going to college at Northwestern, I would absolutely choke the living snot out of this coach. I'd find him, I'd kick his freaking front door in, and then I would beat him senseless in front of his children. <laughs> yeah. You want to make my child look like an ass? I'm going to make you look like an ass. <laughs> it's unacceptable. I, it's not, I know I've got a little career away there, but... It's unacceptable, man. Don't you can't let that stuff happen. That was epic. I know. <laughs> Sorry, I got caught up in the moment for a minute there. I think the thing that did it for me was you mentioned the children being there. Yeah, but you're right, Alex. You're gonna send that message. You gotta send it loud and clear, and then the kids. Then you're actually doing his kids a favor. Yeah, this is what this is what, this happens, is what happens when you act like an idiot in yeah. life. I thought I went over the top by talking about uh, cutting off Jordan Montgomery's leg today, but you, yeah, that was Jamie, cool. you, you went over the top yeah. there. But it I agree. With, I agree with everything you said. Me. You're right. You get these guys sit and sit in the family room and say, "Hey, I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna, oh, yeah. I'm gonna take care of your son." Really? Is that how you take care of him? I've got you. I know yeah. what family's all about. No, you don't. No, you don't. All right, this is a fast lane on 101 ESPN. So we'll see uh, what else comes about this Northwestern story. But broke over the weekend and. Uh, not great for Pat Fitzgerald. Home run derby. Normally we do our our home run picks. And Marsh, congratulations, man! You had big Friday. That was big. You that had was Nol- a big Friday. You had Nolan Arenado I, to to get a home run. I did. And then you also had the local product, Jake Berger, who also a, hit a home run to get a hit. Mm-hmm. He actually started the rally that ended up costing the Cardinals the game. But well, so that was on you. Uh, that that sure. loss was on you. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, you had a you had a big week. So maybe we'll give Marsh first pick. No. Into what was that Jamie? <laughs> go ahead. I don't want to be that guy. So Jamie, you can go first. No, I want Anthony no. to go first. Maybe it'll change his pissy attitude today. That's fair. I think my attitude's been fantastic, actually. Mm. One of the better attitudes I've had. 
It's debatable. I thought you I thought you got a little cranky there with the A's talk, but well, we overlooked enough. it. Enough. You guys are, you know, going over all these A's plays that are relevant. Like, come on. Well, it's the all star break and there's it's nothing to talk about. It's so. enough of that. You know. We do a we do what we can, Jamie. Yeah. You're doing a great job, Anthony. You really are. Don't Pat Fitzgerald us, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, well that won't happen. Home run derby picks next on one on one ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Back, 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 back. Stay fair! Go fair, go fair! I don't believe what I just saw! Home run! All right, time for our picks for the Home Run Derby. Since we do the Cardinals Home Run Derby Challenge, might as well actually do the Home Run Derby. So, let's do that. Last year, Marsh won it. He won it all. I did. Juan Soto. Juan Soto. By the way, earlier in the show, I said that Julio Rodriguez was defending his crown in Seattle. It made no sense because he lost. Yeah, he did. I had Julio last year. I have last year. I think it... Schwarber. Because you oh, wanted to yeah. see Albert lose. No, I picked I Schwarber and then that. Schwarber yeah. threw it so Albert could beat him. <laughs> he did. He literally, he's like, what? He's like, I'm going to beat Albert Pujols? He's like, no, I'm not even doing that. And he went up there and sucked. Honestly, wow. by his body language, Marsh. he looked pretty upset that he lost to Albert. Yeah, yeah I, think so too. I think so, too. I think so. He turned Albert's season around, so thank you, Cash Schwarber. Did, yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. I think it's only fair that Marsh, you go first. You're because defi- I won. You're the defending champ, so go for it. Well, I said this as I walked in earlier today. Uh, Randy asked me who I thought would win the home run derby, and we have the betting odds behind us at plus 950. Former Cardinal Randy Arozarena, my first pick. Okay, so trolling the Cardinals with that one. I just I think. He is the best showman out of all of these guys. Like, Pete Alonzo's pretty Whoa. good. Pete Alonzo uh, takes he, it more serious than anybody. Absolutely. He's on the other side of the bracket, though. So mm. I think these two, I, I even did something on MLB.com that I signed up for. I have those two guys facing off with each other. Randy Rosarina is my winner. That just means he'll probably lose to Adolphus Garcia. No, no, But no, that no. is my first pick. Jamie? Hi, May. Um, let's see here. I feel like Guerrero Jr., I mean, he has been not good in Toronto hitting home runs this year. I feel like he's got he's like he's got an axe to grind. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I just worry about his stamina. Don't know why, but just kind of worry about his stamina in this uh mm. event. How dare you? How dare he, Anthony? So uh Luis Robert is my guy. So Marsh went with a former Cardinal. Uh huh. Jamie, you went with a never was Cardinal. That only two teams were interested we in: couldn't the afford White him. Sox and the Cardinals. We and DeWitt goes, him, you know what? I'm not going to pay for that. I haven't seen him play. I'm not going to pay for him. Well, you're paying for it now. So you're trolling the Cardinals, Marsh. You're trolling the Cardinals. Well, half the roster up there is former Cardinals. I think it's disgusting what you guys are doing. I really do. I think it's absolutely disgusting. So what you're you going guys with Adolis Garcia. Adolis Garcia is my pick. <laughs> <laughs> got him. Got him. All right. So Marsh tonight has got Randy Rosarina. I got Adolis Garcia. One of us will be knocked out in the first round. So oh, yeah, we that's pick right. our, uh, 
our next guy? Should we pick another guy? Oh, are we going that route? Just we get, I yeah, don't know, sure. maybe he's the second or yeah. uh, right, our backup ahead. guy. Why not? Do I get? Are we doing? Are we doing a let's snake do, draft? Let's do a snake draft. Well, give me the b- give me the big strong Everybody guy. Likes then. the snake. Yeah, absolutely. Of course he does. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. I'll take uh, I'll take the, the only guy trying yeah. trying to actually win this thing. <laughs> <laughs> give me Pete Alonso. Ah, uh, deadlifts, squats, <laughs> leg press, cleats, uniform, sprints, the whole thing. Yoga, idiot, cold tub. I'll take him. Yeah, Jamie. All right, um, I'm going with J. Rod. Julio Rodriguez is Jamie's second pick. All right, Marsh. Julio. Oh, I guess I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Mookie Betts. Okay. He's pretty. He's pretty good at everything. He's a good bowler. So. Yeah. All right, and there's not enough to to do another round here. No, there's. I think two's enough. Guys. Yeah. So it'll probably be uh, Vlad that wins it or Adley Rushman who wins it. Yeah. Considering we didn't pick those guys. Mm. Well, yeah. So there you have it. All right. It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day. All right, guys. We got a question from Justin. And Justin wants to know what did you guys think about Yvonne Herrera this weekend? In his two games, taking over for Wilson Contreras. I think he should be on this roster for the foreseeable future. That's what I think. And, so, can, and he and Contreras can split time behind the behind the dish and or DHing. That's what I think. So was his performance the best case scenario or the worst case scenario for the Cardinals front office? I think the best because they're they're going to need a win. The front office needs a win. Yeah, but then. Make make him the DH. I don't care. Okay. Make make Contreras the DH moving forward. All right. You know, I yeah. know what, I know what you're going to ask. I get it. What? What well, was I ask? If Yvonne Herrera is the stud, what do you do with Wilson? I mean, it's you a natural him. thing to ask. DH. Herrera? What is wrong? Are you sad? Mike there. No, What's Contreras. Your right can now? Contreras to DH? Herrera's your guy. What's up with your? Mics, both of both of you. Well, Anthony, obviously, he's the guy who ruins the mics. Everything he touches, what you come you over here, you mess with mine. You yeah, probably set it. that up on purpose to electrocute me. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, you said, "Hey, Jamie." First thing you did when I put uh, touched the mic is, "Hey, put your hand in this water." I was like, "What the? Why would I do that?" I thought your hands were dirty. Yeah, I don't like it. Okay, we have another huge question, uh, biggest question. This is from John Fozalock, who usually uh, sends us mic drops, but today that's on Fridays. Hitting up the Air Comfort Service text line three one four three nine 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 six four six. Fo has the big question: When Gersh was promoted to GM, I made him wear only whitey tighties to every meeting on day one of his first winter meetings. Want to come beat me up, Rivers? What? What does that have to do with what? Because he was hazing oh, Gersh. Hazing Gersh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tidy whiteys. How do we know that Gersh wasn't already wearing tidy whiteys? Great question. Like, what if he's that guy? Mm-hmm. Great question. All right. It's cool. Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Good call on that, Jamie. That's a good question there. What you miss, criticisms, compliments, next. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
if you missed anything from today's podcast or the show, I should say, you can download the podcast at 101ESPN.com, your 101 ESPN mobile app. It's all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Talked about Katie Wu's comments to BK and Ferrario earlier today, talking about how the Cardinals might not know if they're buyers or sellers. We criticize them to no end. So you want to make sure that you uh, you listen to that. We talked about Jordan Montgomery's injury and whether or not that's going to impact the Cardinals at the deadline. Uh, talked about Stephen Matz rejoining the starting rotation. Jamie praised him for his five and a third innings uh, yesterday and said he should be your ace moving forward. So, again, all that is available on the podcast. Marsh, what do you got for criticisms and compliments? Yeah, let's just start from the top, from the 314. Oh, sorry, by the way, breaking news, Northwestern fires head coach Pat Fitzgerald. We were just talking about that. We are talking about the, the hazing incident and him getting two games, and I had mentioned I, mm-hmm. I, I think it'd be more, I think it'll be more than two games when it's all said and done. Uh, it's going to be the rest of his life at Northwestern. Yeah. Absolutely. No coincidence it. after Jamie basically threatened to beat him up. Yeah. You know, we appreciate Northwestern's. They were listening. AD department just listening to everything. Absolutely. Uh, all right, let's start from from the top from the three one four. Just logged on, and all I hear is, "How do you put your marshmallow, Anthony? How do you pull your marshmallow, Anthony? Mm-hmm. Going to be a good show." Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, this is from Viva from the YouTube chat. Listening to the show almost daily, it blows my mind how many people say that the show doesn't call out or challenge Mo. LOL. They talk about needing pitching every day. Thank you. That is true. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Everybody be more like that person. Mm -hmm. Speaking of uh, keeping Mo accountable, we we had that segment uh, from 402. Marshy needs an Oscar for that performance. Bravo. It was a very, very, very good performance. You're outstanding today, Marsh. Thank You're outstanding you. every day. Today wow. was extra special. I appreciate that. Uh, from the 618, best all-star break present ever. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, what was it? <laughs> it was about the Mo keeping him accountable uh, segment. Got it. Uh, this is the same thing from Jamie Rivers' vacation speedo. Mm. I'd say that was spot on by Marsh. Well done. Well done, Marsh. It was. From the 314, you guys remind me of Burton Ernie. Rivers is Ernie. Mm. I could see that. Bert's the angry one, so I I guess. It doesn't matter. What? Oh, it matters. <laughs> the uh, 314, I think this they... This guy's good friends. May... <laughs> Real close. <laughs> I think the 314 might have been uh, making fun of my process in the gauntlet. Says he's sure he was sure it started with a one and had a six in it, but it didn't land on sixteen. <laughs> the process, lol. So I looked this up, and oh, I just had go. to be sure. DeAndre Hopkins was number six when he played for Clemson. Was he? He was number six. I was. I knew that he wore six at yeah. some point. So it was, he was number six at Clemson. Uh, from the three one four, Anthony gets criticized, so he threatens to take his ball and go home. <laughs> We're talking about the gauntlet. The, the gauntlet, yeah. That's not my fault. That's that person's fault. Uh, that grammar guy, by the way, uh, got a lot of heat on the text line today. Did he? A lot of heat. I mean, well, right. well, I mean he threatened right. to cancel the gauntlet, so of course people are going to be upset. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think I did it? From the 217, Anthony, may I humbly offer a compromise for the gauntlet? Anthony, from now on, just refer to yourself in third person. It'll be legendary and make you sound balls out important, maybe even regal. 
Problem solved. Everyone happy. Matt. Hey, Matt. You win. I like that. Anthony's let's definitely Hold on. Let's try that. it. Let's try it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. All right. So uh, who is it? Mike today? Yeah, Mike. So, was, Mike, yeah. is it a revenge spot for you, or are you going with Jamie Rivers or Anthony Stalter? Uh, I think I'm going to go Marsh today. I'll, I'll try it. I'll, we'll work on it. Man. I think you should go refer to yourself in the third person. like All the time? Almost all the time. I'll add a the in front of it, well, too. The Anthony Stalter? Yeah. You're going to revenge spot with Marsh, Jamie Rivers, or the Anthony Stalter? I think we give it a go. Mm. I like it. Very regal. It is very regal. <laughs> <laughs> Once I look up regal. <clears throat> From the 618, my plan for the second half of the season is to drink every time Jamie says stylistically. That way I won't remember any of the Cardinal games. There you go. Yeah, this guy's been on my case. <laughs> All right. We've got a couple of guys just... Yeah. They just keep poking, eh? Keep poking. Here's the thing, though. If they're listening that close... We thank you. Keep poking. Because I don't even know. I honestly didn't realize you said you say stylistically. No, it was a lot. that one segment I went off like and said stylistically like five times, and I was yeah. like, I don't even know stylistically <laughs> why I'm saying stylistically. Right. So they're poking fun at me, and I, I get you. it. That's they should. Good. I would. We all have crutches. No, I got out of mine. They're great. My legs feel good. Mm-hmm. I meant uh, phrases <gasps> that, that we go to too much. Okay. Like a, um, like obviously, and whatnot, yeah, you know, like and whatnot, stylistically, stylistically. There it is. Uh, somebody else here on Twitter. It might be the same guy. He said, "I wrote something here." Uh, oh, I said about the White Sox uh, getting, you know, Lance Lynn and all that. They go stylistically or just in general. That's funny. It was funny. I appreciate the humor, for sure. And for the second show in a row, we'll end on this one. Breaking news. Anthony Stalter looks swole on YouTube. Thanks, guys. You I appreciate that. I appreciate my, my wife texting in or anybody within my family. Probably not my wife. Probably somebody that's uh, just a good friend, Jamie. You know? Yeah, it's your number. It is my number. <laughs> I don't know why we had it. Call that out, Jamie. But, I don't uh, know. I just because I punched the number once. Who the hell is this? And yeah. I was like, it showed up as Anthony. Like, this is weird. <laughs> we appreciate everybody listening and watching today. Thank you. We'll be back tomorrow from two to six for Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers. I'm the Anthony Stalter. Hope everybody enjoyed. How that is it? All right. Stylistically, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> well done. We got home run derby coverage starting at seven o'clock uh, tonight. Everybody, Jamie, you got, real quick, you got Julio Rodriguez and Luis, Luis Robert. Marsh, you went with? Randy Rosarena. And? Moogie Betts. And I got Pete Alonzo and Adolis Garcia. So either a former Cardinal or should be Cardinal will win tonight. See ya! You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.